0: Hello, welcome to a very special edition of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and him, Renvry Denman. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, man. How are you doing? All right, thank you. Part of our birthday week celebrations, this podcast is. It's your birthday. Hopefully, Hopefully, you've enjoyed the celebration for our second anniversary as a podcast. We are putting something out every single day. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this week of free content and stuff that we gave you. It's been a right old laugh, I think. And what better way to end it off? Well, There's probably other better ways. But we're doing something <laughs> which we said we said we were going to do a long, long, long time ago. We said we were going to do a special about covers. Now, we kind of thought that we were maybe going to turn this into a regular sort of thing, just pick a few covers each and chat about them every couple of months or whatever. But unfortunately, because of everything that happened, COVID, <laughs> deaths, moving house stuff uh none of it happened none of it happened at all i um, think i
1: think this idea has been on the back burner more or less since we started the show isn't it, it? which is two yeah, years yeah. so yeah, yeah it's yeah, been yeah. crazy yeah it's yeah.
0: seen a lot of things this idea <laughs> seen me move house twice get divorced <laughs> both our parents have died we've yeah. had to like self-isolate it's been mad yeah, it's anyway crazy. it's finally here it lives um no ideas are bad ideas a good idea is a good idea forever um so what we've done is we picked eight cover versions each and hopefully by the end of the show you and I and us together as a group as a collective will have a closer understanding of what it is to make a good cover mm. um Renfri, before we start and get into our various picks in your words um and your eye your mind and your ideals what is it that goes into a cover that makes it a great thing Well, I think covers are really fascinating
1: um, insights into bands and how they work, um, which is probably going to come up quite a bit um, for me. I think how well bands do a cover and what they do to it is a very, very good sign of how good the band is full stop. Um, I mean, I think generally you can say bands that tend to do very straight-laced straight covers like boring covers over and over again tend to be less creative than the ones who do more interesting covers that's i'd like to point out that's not me saying that all straight covers are bad because there's loads of straight covers which are fucking great we'll talk about a couple today Mm. um but i think generally there's probably a uh i think there is a, a a connection between how interesting a band's covers are and how interesting the band themselves are so that's certainly something i've that's been a lot of my criteria i mean it's weird because we put these together a couple of years ago i added one today um but we, we actually put our suggestions th- uh, together a couple of years ago so going going back over them i was like what was the criteria that i chose these under and i think broadly i've gone for um covers that really that where the band really make it their own um that mm. i don't think that's what you've done <laughs> you've no, got <laughs> <not>. <laughs> at all. yours is a yeah. far more um uh ragtag bunch i mean there's some great stuff in yours and there's some truly awful stuff in yours um, well that
0: was kind of the point of my picks actually mm-hmm. is to kind of show the breadth of everything really yeah and i think yeah. what i would say about all of these these covers is even the very very worst ones they expose something about the exactly. song about the band about the period of time they expose something in that band that i feel like i learned something about them because of that whatever that happens to have been
1: i think expose something is a really good way to put what i was trying to say actually um covers can expose sides of a band they can expose how creative they are how not creative they are how um how good their ideas are maybe um but yeah i think i think they can provide a very very interesting look into generally the band that is covering uh Mm. the song as opposed to the original Mm. artist maybe there are examples where it works the other way around i'm not sure but um yeah yeah, I think we're going to learn a lot about these bands over the next We
0: are going to hours. learn a lot about these bands. Have you got any band in particular, you can think of off the top of your head, who are like the masters of covers? Because one of the things I will say as a spoiler, I'm not going to go through which bands we're covering and what we've picked today. But one of the bands that I'm amazed neither of us picked were Metallica, who I think are one of the best covers bands of all time
1: i think the only reason i didn't pick metallica is because I, I thought it was a bit too obvious and i i think uh, you know I, I i would like to return to this idea a few time times i'm going to be calling this the riot Act cover special one in the hope that we do do more um you know um so it wasn't like oh my god i can only choose eight and they have to be the eight or anything like that i'm sure one day we will cover you know there's plenty of metallica stuff that i'd like to go into um a band the ultimate covers band uh you have put me on the spot a little bit uh do you want to go first (laughs) so you can give me some Uh, thinking metallica Metallica. Metallica, um,
0: would be my pick i think you know metallica garage inc is brilliant absolutely brilliant i bought it on vinyl recently and you know (laughs) <laughs> their stock with covers has dropped a little bit over the last few years since they keep letting Rob and Kirk out to just fucking oh. fanny around like a couple of like pissed buskers on stage every night and ruin ruin the local song of wherever they're playing pretty much I mean? like, yeah. let's go to Sweden and do Dancing Queen by just having Rob Trilio going bow, 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 <laughs> you can dance you can hide having <laughs> the time like come on <laughs> play bread fan or fuck off Do you know what i mean it's like <laughs> what are you doing but i think metallica have a long and storied history with covers and um and they've really run the gamut of genres as well and i think they that the, the something that we'll talk about a lot is taking very very famous songs and not changing them to the point where you go i just you've completely lost the essence of that song but not doing it so that you go why are you doing this i've already got you know, like the entirety of the Teal album. I've already got this. I don't need you to do this. If you can infuse yourself into a really, really famous song, yeah. but not lose the essence of why that song was so massive in the first place, that is an incredibly difficult skill. There's one that you've picked, which I think is as bullseye a version of getting that right that anyone has ever managed ever. But we'll we'll talk Ooh, about that in a little bit. I'm really bit.
1: curious to know what that is. Um, yes, I think I agree with what you just said. 95% of the time. I think very occasionally you can change the essence of a song uh in a cover version, but I think those are quite rare. I don't know if one's coming up in what we've got. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um to think of an example, um hmm. Lover Man. Um originally by Nick Cave, Metallica did a cover of yeah. it. Um for Lover Man for Nick Cave's original it was more of a kind of desperate kind of lonely cry uh like he was addicted like a sex addict but in a kind of not a good way like i i have i have to do this to survive kind of thing metallica was just more like lusty kind of more basic interpretation of the song but i think both work you know i i I still think it depends what you mean by the essence of the song to be honest um but yeah i i I do actually broadly think everything you're saying is absolutely correct
0: but there's always Good. exceptions. There's always exceptions. Always, always. Yes. yeah. No, you're quite right. There is always exceptions. I would point to people in the direction of, say, Tori Amos's cover of Raining Blood uh, would be one that Fantastic. does gen- genuinely work. Um, but anyway, there you go. That's what we think about covers in general. Um, I do like them. I always get excited by the idea of a band covering something, particularly if it's something I haven't heard before uh, or if it's something that's very m- much outside of their usual remit. Yeah. And that brings us to our first pick, which is one of my picks, which is... Refused, covering Voodoo People by The Prodigy. So um, this is a cover of The Prodigy's 1994 single from the album Music for the Jilted Generation. Um, Possibly the best Prodigy album, possibly the best dance album of the 90s. One of the big songs from that record. Um, It featured on Refuse EP compilation, which was released in the aftermath of The Shape of Punk to Come. Um, It was actually recorded as a B-side during that period. That compilation has been released in 1999 and 2002, so they have tried to get people to listen to that as much as possible. It's an all right collection of songs, I think. It's not it- the best. No, it's yeah. it's this like lots of collections of songs it's patchy. very it's patchy yeah. Uh it was actually
1: originally a B-side to uh, Rather Be Dead. So it was their version was recorded mm. in 1996. Okay. Just two right. just two years after the original as well, which is mm. interesting because um most of the time as we'll discover covers don't come that quick after. I mean, a really classic example of a cover a cover coming really really quick after the original is All Along the Watchtower Jimmy Hendrix doing All Along the Watchtower by Bob Dylan. Uh,
0: which i think or he... won, won the wall by mike flowers
1: <laughs>
0: i didn't think you'd be going
1: there that quickly but sure <laughs> um i mean one thing uh, like i think that i think jimmy's cover of all along the watchtower was was literally recorded like a
0: couple of weeks after the single came out it's fucking insane well, well jimmy hendrix again for covers i mean jimmy hendrix covered sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band yeah. It on in, in like, a concert live the day it came out. The day out. it came out, didn't he Yeah, yeah, which yeah. just goes
1: to the army. That's just fucking Jimi Hendrix, isn't it? Absolutely incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I, I feel like, I mean, maybe this is just because of my lack of prodigy knowledge. So I, something I found out whilst I was doing the research for this, and you might turn around to me and go, yeah, everyone knows that. What are you talking about? I only just realised that the guitar part from Voodoo People is sampled from Very Ape by Nirvana. Mm. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Doesn't, okay. Everyone, everyone doesn't does know that. that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cool. Let's but that's carry fine.
0: on. But that's fine. I mean, <laughs> it probably is worth pointing out because sometimes you hear, um, sometimes you hear stuff, and you go, oh, "I feel like I kind of hear, heard that before," and you don't necessarily make that connection. So there might be people listening who have gone who suddenly go, "Oh yeah." I, but I think that's that's fairly common knowledge I,
1: think. I always thought that the guitar parts were incredibly sim- similar i just didn't realize it was actually mm. sampled from very ape but that's kind of interesting in and of itself because the prodigy original in 94 um there was only a year you know very ape was only a year old so you know
0: yeah but you know time was more condensed back then that would have felt like a longer period of maybe just because i was younger but i think music moved (laughs) a lot like funny how people say music moves so much quicker these days i don't feel like sort of scenes and things become classic very very quickly these days nirvana would have been considered a classic band by the time prodigy went to sort of Mm. sample them in in 1994 Mm. without a doubt you know the kind of voice of a generation Mm. um yeah, I, I, do you like the Prodigy original? I think it's fucking great, personally. Yeah,
1: I mean, um, I like the Prodigy original as much as I like Prodigy songs in that. Um, my issue with all, well, with 99% of that kind of 90s dance thing, as we've talked about before, is uh, all the songs are always too long, yada, 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 because they're just repeating the same tricks over and over again. But, you know, you've got to give props to the Prodigy. I mean, um, that song is just fucking massive, isn't it? Mm, um,
0: absolutely huge. Yeah. yeah, huge. Yeah, And... I think what we said at the start about telling you something about um the band that are covering it, but also the band that they are covering, one of the reasons I picked this is because, you know, like you say, recorded in nineteen ninety-six, mm. um, the prodigy were just starting to have been thought of as a rock band at this point. And that was quite a controversial thing for people to think. So for a sort of hardcore punk band, which refused very much you know, if, if you're saying, I mean, I was going to say by 90, sort of 97, 98, Refuse were, you know, much more of a a um, uh, kind of wild card in the world of hardcore. But, you know, Songs to fan the Flames of Discontent is a much more straightforward hardcore record, a great yeah. hardcore record, but a far more straightforward hardcore record. And so for a band from that part of the scene to cover a band like The Prodigy, I think is a fairly ballsy move on Refuse's part. But also I think it goes to show just how much of a rock band the prodigy were because this song it sounds it's not a massive deviation from what the prodigy did
1: really i would say i would say that it focuses much more on the live aspects of the song um so i think some aspects are there and some aspects aren't i mean not a massive deviation it's it's half the length um and it mm. and certainly the structure of the song is completely different um uh i mean i would argue that the structure of the song is far better to be honest but that goes back to me saying that not most 90s starts is too repetitive um but you know they they get everything in that you need to get into that song in 3 minutes rather than the is it six and a half minutes the original or something like that? Yeah, it's quite long, yeah. It's like six and a half minutes, yeah. Um, which which is just repeating stuff over and over again. I mean, that's just dance culture and yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it gets everything in that you would expect to hear and want to hear, um, and makes it a far more I mean, this is a really good example of a band making the song their own. Um, a band quite far away from what the Prodigy G- Pro- what the Prodigy do. G- Fucking hell what the prodigy do, do. uh thanks um, <laughs> um but you know i mean if you sort of close your eyes i, I mean it, it sounds it could be bar the fact that dennis isn't really singing uh, you know he occasionally kind of goes whoa voodoo people yeah. and stuff like that and i I, I yeah I, yeah I, yeah I yeah, yeah. but bar the fact that there isn't like let's say a proper lyric quote unquote this mm. sounds like a Refused song from the time. It just happens to be Voodoo
0: People, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, it, actually, I, um, I think it sounds like the Prodigy doing it live. If you've seen the Prodigy doing that song live around that time, they bring they would bring Gizbot out and he would play that riff, and the whole song was built around that riff. Mm. And Refuse build it around that did it and the other sort of hook from it. I mean, the great thing about The Prodigy is, I mean, what you say about dance culture, I think, is is probably right in that the stuff is too long. And I do think, you know, the original Voodoo people, the reason why I think The Prodigy get away with being longer than most of those acts is because they put two or three hooks into each song. I agree so with that, So like definitely. the... Like the, the do 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 you don't do 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 do. <laughs> yeah, And then you've got the Voodoo people, Magic people, uh, that, and then you've also mm. got the riff as well. So mm. The Prodigy put a lot more into it than, you know, your kind of... Uh, common or garden bog standard dance act of the time would have would have done. And yes, I think what reviews do is they take all of the electronic parts out of it, while still trying to recreate them with live instruments. Yeah. And I think they've obviously seen the Prodigy live and gone, "This looks really fucking great live. Like mm. we should we mm. should do this." And it sounds live in a room. So I don't think they've really fucked with the song that much. They've just played it on instruments. I think the essence of what that song was is still definitely there. It just sounds different because it's played on different instruments. I think Refuse looked at it and just went and probably saw it live and went, this is a rock song. Yeah. This is a a punk song. Do you know what I mean? And and it is. Partly,
1: I mean, there there are... The the main riff that you're talking about, so the main riff we're talking about is the Very Ape Nirvana riff. I think Mm. the thing that made me notice it is because they do you know, the chords are the same. It is played in a slightly different way. It's played in a slightly different manner. Um, But yeah, for the main part, you know, it it doesn't sound exactly the same as the very ape riff uh refused version no 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 it doesn't um and that's just down
0: to the timing being a little bit different i think um but yeah probably the the tuning and the tone of it is a little bit is obviously is quite different as well Mate. i think the prodigy the prodigy fatten it up and make it all those kind of sub drops and booms and this feels a lot more like a it's a taut sort of tighter punk band playing it yeah Which yeah i think is cool yeah you know? i think yeah. it's uh it's a
1: it's a cool cover, and it, it actually cuts some of the fat, doesn't it? I mean, not yeah, I, not that I want to say that the original has fat on it because I, I don't think it does, um, but it 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 just it tightens it and focuses it into a far more kind of well, punk punk track, I guess, uh, hardcore punk song. Yeah, you know.
0: I I don't think you would have wanted to hear a full six minute long straight cover. Of no, this no, played no. on instruments. I think you know it's. It's, it's got, it, again, like it, it keeps the essence of the song. And I think it looks at that song and goes, that is what that song kind of deep down really is and what it's really about. But they've been clever enough to understand that you can't really totally recreate what the Prodigy do just yes. using one bass, one guitar, a drum kit and a microphone, um, yeah. which is intelligent of them to do that. And, you know, I think it's just, I, I love this cover because it just sort of, it's when you look at Refuse and you go, ah, you are, there's a lot more to you than than, any other sort of hardcore band around at the time. Because I don't know how many of them would have tried it. I know um, Biohazard tried mm-hmm. one of uh, the Prodigy's big songs, which we're about to talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but there weren't many bands, I think, who would have had the, the balls or the ability or even the sort of knowledge to look at the, or the you know the, to be able to look at the skewed way in which, what the prodigy were in 1994 and go, we're sort of related to that. Absolutely, and that's why that's why I refuse. They're a fucking great band. Yeah. yeah,
1: and the the weird the weird sort of irony of them covering this song at this time is those prodigy influences i don't think you would have been able to hear them in uh songs to fan the flames of discontent really but once you get to the shape of punk to come worms of the senses new Mm. noise i mean it's all through that record um and they used it in a fucking phenomenal way so yeah yeah Mm.
0: Yeah, great cover. A very a very good cover. Um we're going to stick with the Prodigy for your first pick Remfry. Yeah. And I just sort of mentioned it a minute ago because this is a song that Biohazard covered. Uh, it's Firestarter. Which Firestarter did you cover did you did you pick though? Because There's Sepultura mm. have covered this. Mm. Gene Simmons yeah. has covered this. <laughs> have you ever heard that out of interest? No, I haven't. No, I don't no. really want to. No, um, Sneaker I. Pimps. Yeah. Covered it as well. Obviously, a lot of artists have covered this. Um, Papa, Papa, Papa Roach, Fat, apparently. Papa, Papa Roach, Roach, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Fat of the Land. Um, the next prodigy album. Uh, obviously Firestarter came out the year before Fat of the Land in 1996. was a massive worldwide smash. Mm-hmm. We are talking about the Jimmy Eat World version of this song. Um mm-hmm from the kind of bleed american era i believe there was a there was an ep put out around 2001 and this was on it it's a
1: little bit confusing as to when this is from the the earliest i found the firestarter ep came out 2004 the reason people associate it with bleed american is on the reissue of bleed american it's on that but i don't i don't think it was recorded until 2004 but anyway Mm. yes um i've chosen this cover because uh, as soon as you hear Jimmy World covered firestarter by the <laughs> yeah. prodigy, it's just like yeah. you you instantly want to know what that's gonna sound like and I think also I think a lot of people would go well that's gonna be terrible, isn't it mm. um I really I, I suppose this is arguably a song you could say where they take the essence and change it massively um Keith Flint seems to revel. In his fire-starting ways on Firestarter, whereas the way that Jim Adkins approaches this cover, I mean, we should say it's a it's it's a acoustic cover, I suppose. It's yeah. much, much,
0: much more, it's much more clarity era, Jimmy Eat World, isn't it? Sound wise, very clarity
1: era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. original is four minutes and forty seconds. Uh, Jimmy's version is six minutes and twenty six seconds because it's all very slow and somber. And Jim Adkins is far more sort of. Um I think he uses it as a metaphor for being a destructive presence. And and I really like the fact that he's taken this song and just changed it into something completely and utterly different. Um it's Jimmy Weld at their most dour and emo, aka as you've just brilliantly said, clarity era Jimmy Weld basically. Um Steve, you've said before in the past that you don't tend to be a fan of bands taking songs and sort of acoustic them up, uh, which which is exactly what this is. So I'm a little bit trepidatious to know what you think. Just before you say what you think, I really, really like this cover because I love the idea personally of a band taking a beloved song and just totally changing it. I mean, that's going to come up a lot in my selections,
0: definitely. Oh, uh, what do you think of it? I think it's rubbish. Oh! <laughs> I think it's so. Ru- I think it's rubbish. The thing is, is hear me out, right? Because yeah, okay. I, I say that I think it's rubbish. I think the, I think there is the bones of a very good song here, mm-hmm. because the arrangement itself. I it's am not shitting. I'm not shitting on Clarity Era Jimmy e World. Brilliant! What a great record. And I do like. And I was sitting there and I was going, I really like the sound of this, mm. but. The problem is, is, you know, this kind of metaphor for being as a destructive person and stuff, the whole kind of make lyrics seem more poignant by doing them slowly and doing them like you're about to cry, mm. which, you know, <laughs> this whole like welcome to the jungle done on John Lewis adverts, and stuff, <laughs> which I think is just dreadful. <laughs> just always, always, always dreadful. There are times in the past where that has worked because the song lyrically is poignant and is, you know, the the lyrics, they, they lend themselves to that. Hurt. Uh, for example, I, just the fight, yeah, yeah, well, a, that's a probably the, the greatest example. Johnny catches her, yeah. um, yeah, but but Firestarter is not one of those songs, mm. it's just not one of those songs. I mean, I I would, ro- I think, I don't know, I've, I've heard the Sepultura version, which is as kind of lumpen as you would expect, mm. and there are times as we will discuss on this where metal bands go for something which looks like kind of low hanging fruit and get it very very badly wrong. So I don't want to shit on Jimmy Eat World trying something here, but the problem is the song is just not that type of song. It's just mm, not. Mm, like those mm. lyrics are not poignant. Those lyrics are when stripped of all the aggression and the power and the like you know the kind of frenzy of the original firestarter, you know those songs that those lyrics they sort of sound ridiculous and the song needs to be ridiculous to make it work and jimmy Eat world's you know rather po-faced serious somber cover of it just makes jim atkins sound like a bit of a knobhead I think,
1: to be <laughs> honest. um it's difficult i uh, know annoyingly it's difficult to uh, to argue it i mean hearing you know hearing Jim Atkins go I'm the bitch you hated filth infatuated and stuff like that but in a somber Mm. kind of way I just I just love it when bands try something a little bit different and and when bands go I mean I remember hearing that this cover existed and just being like what and then listening to it (laughs) and just and just being pleasantly surprised that it wasn't an absolute waste of time in my opinion, do you know what I mean? Like, there's like mm. it's it's it's. I th- I think they clearly went. Let's do something so unexpected and so left field. And and in terms of doing that, it is one of the best things. I mean, bar Jimmy well, well doing virgins uh, uh, entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt or something like that. It is pretty much one of the most juxtaposed things you can. Well, I think
0: do. maybe it might have been in. 2004 yeah but unfortunately it's not anymore true because every song ever has been turned into you know the fucking macarena is now played by a sad girl on a piano (laughs) and she's like oh (laughs) let's see what what kind of untouched depths of like emotive beauty you know brilliance there are in this like song and they're just not there and it's just like yeah yeah this song doesn't really work like that i think actually this could have worked better had they have kind of pop punked it up like the middle Mm. I think that would have actually worked now that you could say like, well, that would be closer to the original and therefore slightly more obvious. But unfortunately, due to the just overwhelming, endless amounts of bands just taking songs or artists taking songs and just slowing them down for fucking schmaltzy adverts and stuff, this now seems not that brave, I, th- I would say, and not that interesting due to the amount of people that have tried something really, really similar. The difference being Jimmy will World at least do something interesting with the sort of the framework of the song and they actually do appear to have written some sort of semblance of a good song somewhere. It's just, it is kind of stomped all over by the fact that you go, it's Firestarter, it's Firestarter <laughs> and that just doesn't work. So I think had they have done like Firestarter a la Sweetness, Mm. this could have been Mm. this could have actually been great and i think it could have stood up really well today but they weren't to know that so i'm not shitting on them for not knowing that you know i still think that would have been a brave
1: decision even turning it into one of their Mm. more sort of sweetnessy type songs or salt sweat sugar something like that um would you like this song if uh if the lyrics were totally changed and they actually made it an original song because musically it has nothing to do with the original whatsoever
0: yeah, I think musically it's kind of it's kind of all right, but it's yeah. just unfortunately because it's the fire starter, mm. you you do just go ah, mm. no, mate. You've fair got enough. To stop doing this. You have got to stop doing this.
1: I think it's a fair thing. I mean, I mean, I think there's definitely better examples uh, coming along later, but um, I do I do in terms of uh, a band covering something that is unexpected. It's it's well up there, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. in terms of oh yeah, yeah absolutely being a surprise.
0: Mm. it's a good surprise and it's something that you know bands do a lot and it's kind of why i put my next pick where i put it because i think there are times where you can take quite an aggressive quite an anarchic apocalyptic song and you can kind of slow it down and you can make it sound nice foo fighters cover of requiem by killing joke is my next pick it is a cover of the opening song on the opening Killing Joke album. Uh, this was a, a B-side from Everlong Yes, uh, on The Colour and the Shape back in the day. Um, obviously, Dave Grohl played on the second Killing Joke um, self-titled album uh, a few years later. He loves them. Yep. A lot of people have covered Killing Joke over yep. the years. Um, uh, Nirvana obviously <laughs> got into a bit of a scrape um, with Killing Joke over the song 80s and its similarity to Come As You Are. Um, but I do think that this song does lend itself to a slightly more slower and more melodic pace. And and I, I think this is a really great cover. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really, really good cover. It doesn't stray a billion miles away from the original, but it certainly is different enough to make it feel like something which would be palatable for Foo Fighters fans, which I don't think you could say about the the killing joke original yeah
1: it's relatively straight ahead um the main sort of repetitive chord throughout the song mm. people who know the song will know the bit i mean uh killing joke play it on a synth and uh, it's played on a guitar with the foos version the main difference is dave's approach to the vocal which makes it a far slower paced lackadaisical kind of vibe mm. whereas um jazz coleman's original is more kind mm. of preacher Man <coughs> <watching video. laughs> yeah exactly yeah. it's far more kind of uh deranged preacher Whereas um I mean Dave's version of it sounds like he could have been recording it lying back on a sofa, you know, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I actually think it works really really well. I mean one thing I will say about this cover: I heard the cover before I heard the original right, and I think for that reason and for that reason alone, and please don't hate me for this but i I kind of I kind of do prefer the original, even though I will accept that that the original sorry i the i cover. I do prefer the the cover um just because i but i think that is purely down to hearing the cover first you know i don't right, think yeah, i don't fair. think that's down to it being quote unquote better although it is it is a wicked wicked cover i do really really like it
0: um it, it just goes to show how much you can change everything about a song by changing one element of it <clears throat> yeah because like you say you could probably put the you could take the vocals off and of both of them, and you could play them both back to back, and you'd go, all right, well, one sounds like it's recorded in the 80s, and one sounds like it's recorded in the 90s. More or less, yeah. Pretty much. Um, but then when you put Jazz Coleman's vocal, but then you could put Jazz Coleman or Dave Grohl's vocal on either one, and I, I think they would completely change the song. I and agree. That's that's really cool. It's I a good think. lesson. That goes to show. It's a great lesson. Yeah, it's
1: a good lesson for bands. Yeah, it's a good lesson for bands to show how just changing one small element can totally change the song and the way it's done. Um, I will say, I, this was I, this wasn't necessarily the brief that we stuck to. I think Foo's have done better covers, and I think they've actually done better covers from this era. But uh, we'll, I'll save that for if we do this again, which I'm sure we will at mm. some point. Th- this is still a fantastic cover and definitely worth bringing in. Um, and is great if you've not heard it before in fact um the 10th anniversary edition of the color and the shape uh i would strongly recommend anyway it doesn't appear to be on spotify which is a bit of a surprise no, I but don't it, think it is but it has six or seven i think six additional tracks two b-sides including the title track which didn't make it to the i don't know if you've ever heard the title track the color and the shape by Fugues. Yeah, I have, yeah. have fucking like one of the heaviest songs they ever did it's just dave mm. screaming the whole way through um, and then there's a bunch of covers on there including baker street requiem uh oh the gary newman song that's really good
0: oh
1: um down uh, down down um, in the tube down in the tube subway. <laughs> down in the what the fuck
0: is it called down, down in the park down in the help. park that's it down in the subway <laughs> <Down by Army laughs> unbelievable um, um
1: but that that 10th anniversary edition is re- just those additional tracks they're just really fucking cool and Requiem's one of them so yeah
0: yeah. i think as well it's just whenever you get a band especially a band who i i think are you know one of the all-time great bands and they get covered and you know but they they're not as big you know getting a massive band like metallica or foo fighters covering killing joke and hopefully having killing joke picking up fans on the basis of you know them being heard by these monolithically huge bands who absolutely worship them is always a great thing. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I brought it in.
1: Metallica's cover of The Weight is what made me check out Killing Joke in the first place. So, Mm. yeah. And that is definitely
0: not as good as the original, I would say. Not at all
1: i again i heard metallica's i mean yeah i i we, we've had this discussion before i heard mm. metallica's original before it's really difficult uh cover before it's really difficult but yeah i'm happy to i'm happy to go along with that as the party line but i probably do prefer the metallica version to be honest with you,
0: Fuck, you, know? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know? i don't even think metallica do a great version of the way i think considering i just bigged up how great metallica were or are at cover are at covers um I don't think they do a great version of The Weight. I didn't pick it and I picked this one. I think this is a good cover of a mm, great Killing Joke mm. song. It's a better Killing Joke song and it's a better version of it. The Requiem Foo Fighters, I think. Fair
1: enough, man. I mean, I, I really like, I've got a soft spot for Metallica's version of The Weight. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to argue the toss out of it too much. Because I sort of no. I sort of know I'm wrong. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, you know, it's just personal preference coming into it. Really. Yeah, of course. Um, So <laughs> there you go.
0: Requiem by Foo Fighters. We're going to keep with Dave Grohl and we're going to kind of do the opposite of what I just said which is a massive band covering a smaller band. Here's a smaller band covering the biggest song ever Arcane Roots you pit this Renfrey covering Smells Like Teen Spirit covered by Arcane Roots on the 2011 Kerrang! tribute album to Nevermind. Um, Smells Like Teen Spirit is the opening song on the album Nevermind by Nirvana which came out in 1991. If I've just said that and it's something that you didn't know Poor. <laughs> 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 well, we've got a lot to catch up on <laughs> you and i um this song has been covered by the muppets by Tori amos michael buble the melvins and leaf garrett patty smith one okay rock the ewes and richard cheese amongst other luminaries mm-hmm. um have you heard the muppet version yeah i have yeah it's gr- it's- with jack with, with um, Jack, Black, Jack you know. Black. I mean,
1: it's great in a not great way, if you know what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because it's
0: the Muppets. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's also on Moulin Rouge as well. There's a version of, of the it Moulin yeah, Rouge. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I do remember hearing this uh, 2011 Kerrang! tribute album to Nevermind. And mm-hmm. some of it is pretty good. Some of it's a little bit disappointing. I would say one of the most disappointing things on that record was the Dillinger Escape Plan's very straight and rather unremarkable cover of territorial pissings. Oh. The paper looks incredible but i'd really do anything with it i don't think that covers too bad i, I agree they could have done I don't more think with it's it too bad mm. but mm. then you can't really fuck up territorial pissings especially mm. if you're the diligent escape plan mm. but i would actually point you in the direction of the far superior comeback kid cover of territorial pissings mm. which is fucking awesome um yeah anyway that's not the point um Arcane Roots covering Smells Like Teen Spirit, this is, for me, Renfrey, the gold star. What I talked about earlier, about taking one of the most well-known songs of all time and actually making it sound like you whilst still making it, obviously, the original as well. This is fucking fantastic this cover absolutely fantastic
1: i'm gonna say right now i came up for the idea of this special two years ago whilst listening to this song (laughs) because i think this is actually one of the best covers of all time it's proper brave it's proper brave and um i also know that um arcane roots were one of the last bands approached for that kerrang cd and um immediate you know so they raised they're basically like well we'd love you to be on it the only thing is is the only song left is smells like teen spirit and andrew was like brilliant that's the only song i want to do um and the bollocks that they had to just go i i want to do one of the most famous songs of all time i think i think if if the way i mean i've said this quite a lot in the past the way that a band does a cover song if that's a sign of how good the band are um then arcane roots cover smells like it's tir- sp- teen spirit proves that they're the best band in the world as far as i'm concerned you know yeah. to take a song that iconic that recognizable and make it your own is a borderline impossible task they'd mm. only been a band for five years at this point as well which makes it even more astonishing. Um, it starts for for about 3 seconds it starts as a relatively straight ahead cover and then as soon as the drums kick in and Andrew goes into the main riff. I mean obviously on the original it's four chords. Um Andrew turns it into something that Sugar would struggle to get their hands around. Uh, their heads around. You know, it's it's absolutely mad. It just goes off in this absolutely incredible way that arcane roots used to do they used to kind of have the absolute technical madness of much sugar when they wanted to but somehow be so much more palatable um at the same time and i mean from there it just completely fucks with the whole formula of the whole song while still always being recognizably smells like teen spirit it's it's a yep. pretty amazing thing and you know as i say the enti- this entire special that you're hearing and if we do more in the future is based around me listening to this and going i want more people to know about this basically
0: <laughs> um, it's unbelievable i mean the way it slows down at the end you know the albino and yeah, alb- yeah, yeah all that yeah um i'm that bit that yeah. bit that is one of the most famous pieces of music ever mm. i mean the whole song obviously is one of the most like we've said I, I mean a couple of weeks ago when we cover the inter album yeah. and i said the cover their cover of purple rain i was just, like, just don't do it just don't cover really really famous songs and i guess i need to kind of add the caveat of don't cover really really famous songs unless you're arcane Roots, <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, yeah 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 you know, there, there aren't many people there aren't many people like do i want to hear someone smells um someone cover smells like teen spirit in theory Absolutely not. And I'm Mm. not surprised Mm. it was Mm. the last one left because who wants to fucking take that on? Exactly. You know, why would you want it? Although obviously lots of people have, but why the fuck would you want to try and, you know, live up to that? You know, why would you want to cover fucking Sweet Child of Mine or, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody? Like you just, but some, like to me, that sounds like it's giving me a migraine just thinking about it. Yeah. But some bands go, no, 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 we can absolutely manipulate this into something Completely different, and that is what Arcane Roots has done here, and it's fucking mental.
1: I think it says a lot about Andrew, and I think it says a lot about that band that he was. He he actually said, "I only want to do it if we get Smells Like Teen Spirit." So you know, um, and and the fact that you know, I mean, at this point, I think they might have just released Blood and Chemistry, but like they they were on their debut album. You know, um, they were just a tiny band from Kingston that you know had a had a small following but you know not many people knew who they were um obviously if you go on to this this cover isn't even on spotify annoyingly it is on youtube if you go onto youtube and read the comments there's loads of people who fucking hate it because people are stupid um as if and some of the comments would make you think that arcane roots had actually eradicated the original version and you're no longer able to listen to that version anymore (laughs) um i'm not even saying that this is better than the original i'm not saying it's as good um I mean, I think there is an argument to be made for that. And how insane is that? Um, mm. But it, it, it is. Yeah. A, a, I mean, it may be the best cover that we're talking about today.
0: Is that fair? It's Certainly. I don't feel like offended that you said mm. that particularly mm. when i know what we're about to talk about <laughs> um, uh, so if, yeah if, if I you've mean, not
1: heard it please go out and listen to, to i mean it's on mm. youtube please spotify uh please youtube arcane roots smells like teen spirit it is unbelievable
0: yeah. it is and fucking fair play to them because they they can go wrong badly badly wrong sometimes when you take even when you try and take a very recognizable song and change it it can go incredibly badly wrong as we're about to discuss uh i thought i thought that might have been a link (laughs) yeah machine head message in a bottle by the police is my next pick a cover of the police song from their 1979 album regatta de Blanc." pretty sure everyone knows this song it's the one that goes a year has passed since i bought my gold that one. <laughs> uh,
1: it's the third most popular song by the police according to spotify which is a bit of a surprise i thought it'd be number one uh you look surprised as well but it's the third yeah what
0: popular. are the, the other two don't stand oh, so close to me I, and um uh, obviously the most uh, um the most important one would be every breath you take every breath you most take important is important <laughs> one <It's> definitely <laughs> not the most important the biggest one would be every breath you take
1: every breath you take is number
0: one uh roxanne roxanne oh yeah time. of course fair enough um, in the late 90s, um, government, um, both here and in the United States of America, passed a super injunction, meaning that all metal bands had to cover <laughs> 80s pop songs. Um, this is actually a <laughs> 1970s one, so there's their first mistake. Um, <laughs> what a funny time, Remfry. I mean, there are so many songs that I could have picked from this period uh, to sort of showcase that weird little period where... Everybody covered an eighties pop song. Every metal band. Orgy did "New uh, New Order's Blue Monday." Yep. Um, uh, Disturbed did fucking loads. But I mean, the mm. first one they did was "Shout" uh, by Tears for Fears. Mm. Obviously, "Cars" by Gary Newman by with Fear Factory Fear came Factory. out. "Shock the Monkey" by Peter Gabriel was yeah. Cold Chambers' Car take Chamber. on it. I mean, there were so many. Mm. There were so many, and they, they're just the first few off the top of my head.
1: It was endless a thing. Amounts. Yeah, it, it was definitely a thing.
0: Really, really a thing. Um, I mean, even Deftones got in the. Did The Chauffeur by Duran Duran around that time? Yeah. Even Deftones, although being Deftones, picking a better band and picking a um, a less well known song yeah. and doing it really fucking well. The chauffeur's great. Uh, um, but Machine Heads, <coughs> not really a new metal band. And then <laughs> they kind of <laughs> were. And when people talk about The Burning Red, and The Burning Red is spoken about as the, the, you know, the rap metal album. The crimes of The Burning Red, uh, I think, are far less than people would like to make out. Because yeah. there's not really a lot of rap on The Burning Red. At
1: all no rob flynn points out all the time that it's two or three minutes worth on a 53 minute record i think mm.
0: um
1: there are other things that make it new metally i think ross robinson's Fight, the crying yeah the crying, crying at the end of, the five. End of five um yeah. there's there are and, and no this. guitar solos no i don't guitar think solos. uh this yes um this
0: so mm. and the orange orange jumpsuits oh and the, old, and right the
1: fashion right? and the fashion yeah the fashion and the spiky yeah. hair and stuff like that i mean it is a lot of elements when you when you um put it put it together and when people say the burning red is a machine uh, is a new metal album and supercharger is a new metal album i don't have a massive issue with that because i think those are no. new metal albums from a metal band but you know mm. um so here's what i'm gonna say about this this is a very very maligned cover Um, there's a lot of people who do (laughs) who who um, really I was talking to a friend of the podcast Sam Slate the other day uh, Roxanne's writer and he said that surely
0: this is the worst cover of all time oh mate it's not even the third worst cover that we're going to be talking about in this special
1: no exactly like and uh, but the thing is I think when whenever you bring this up whenever it's brought up in kind of metal um, circles or whatever people do react to it as if it is the absolute worst cover ever now i just named i just took four songs from this period four cover songs from this period off the top of my head um which are worse limp biscuits behind blue eyes godhead's eleanor eleanor rigby mm-hmm. that's worse cold chamber shock the monkey which you've already mentioned yeah and power man 5000's relax
0: Oh Jesus! Uh, I, I have heard that and I, I hate it. I'm sure. Believe I me, really remember it.
1: It's believe me. It's worse than this. And actually, I could have gone on. Like I, I, I'm not going to defend this cover much because I don't think it's wonderful at all. But I just don't think it's the, the blot
0: on Machine Head's career that people seem to think it is at all. I think people expect more from Machine Head, and I think mm. it's. It's, I would say it is, for all the things that are bad about The Burning Red, I still quite like The Burning Red. The Same. rapping doesn't bother me. Nope. I don't wear what you fucking want. I mean, you look stupid, but wear what you fucking yeah. want. I don't care. I think Five is actually a really good song until it turns into fucking daddy. Five's, you know a, I mean? five's right a great in. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's only the last 30 seconds of a six and a half minute yeah. song as well. You know. Yeah, yeah. The thing that is bad, the, the one thing that I can't defend on The Burning Red is this. It's... It's kind of weird because it's kind of good because I love Machine Ed and I remember it from my youth, but it is awful. It is an awful cover, I think. I think they've fallen into the trap of thinking that kind of quiet, quiet, loud dynamic would work for every single song. Yeah, And it just doesn't. And it strips it of all kind of nuance despite making it slower. Despite yeah. making it slower, you still lose the nuance of what the song is about. There's that bit where the kind of sending out a nest so it It kind of threatens to be good Mm. but then it Mm. isn't do you know what i mean i just think this is um this is the reason i kind of put it in because i was like this is a great band in the middle of a kind of existential midlife crisis having a genuinely terrible idea in amongst some ideas that i think they could have got away with they've had Re- this is a really bad idea and obviously it hasn't killed their career in any by any stretch of the imagination at all machine heads have you know gone on to do some fucking well went on so almost straight after this by f- five years you know four years down the line through the ashes of empires was out and everyone was like oh machine head are back and they're brilliant mm. so mm. you know this didn't re- hasn't done anything to fuck their career i think and people who were still going on about oh i used to see machine head and you know but then they went shit didn't they when they released message in a bottle and the burning red it's like mate you haven't had the blackening are you fucking for real well um, the,
1: but those machine head fans do exist i remember i remember going up to manchester to see machine head with my brother and like his housemate at the time was just like they've not done anything good since the more things change and it's just like you're just not paying attention. And I think this is the thing. I think yeah. sometimes the moment bands start doing stuff which is not as good, I think a lot of the time, people just completely write them off without thinking that actually they could go back up again. I mean, Machine Head's career, it's like a fucking roller coaster. It's one of the one of the reasons I adore Machine Head and think they're such a brilliant band because they are, they do take risks and they do do different things. I mean, I was going to say, whilst this is you know i i don't think this is great i don't think it's awful i think it's pretty bad but i don't think it's awful personally um but they've done far more embarrassing things with their own original material
0: absolutely yeah I, yeah, I, yeah i would
1: take this over oh uh, on supercharger mm-hmm. whatever that i can't even remember what that fucking song is but like opening that you know I, bulldozer is that what no it's, it's not called? bulldozer crashing, crashing around you no, no it's not it's not one of the singles mm-hmm. it's one of the um it's, i don't i don't think it Anyway, oh, I can't. It it's
0: been so long since i listened to that record it doesn't there fucking, only two songs i can remember yeah it doesn't
1: fucking rem- matter because it's a, generally a rubbish record i mean catharsis mm. has some really embarrassing moments on it i think i like catharsis more than you do but it's still it's all over the fucking place you know um and i i think both supercharger and catharsis have way worse things on them than this cover personally
0: i think you're probably right but i think it's just um i think it's what this kind of this cover sort of represents i mean before the before this machinehead were covering negative creep yeah which is brilliant. That Negative creep cover is amazing. And Colours by yeah. Ice-T. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, and they did a cro song as well, didn't they? Which cro yeah. song? We got to know. We got to know. Um, and, yeah, they were doing, like, great, great shit. They were. Covers. Yeah. And then they ended up just doing a fucking, you know, 80s pop band cover. Yeah. Just like everyone else. And it's just like, dude, don't fall into the trap of doing that because it will be an albatross around your neck forever and i'm sure they never want to be reminded of the day that they decided to fucking take on sting do you know what i mean yeah and 21 years and apparently later. sting
1: fucking hates it as well oh really oh i had no yeah. idea um uh, yeah i i I mean yeah i certainly don't want to come across as like really really defending this because I, <laughs> you know i i don't think it's good i just don't think it's as bad as people say it is and i think there are way 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 worse examples and i suppose it is a kind of shorthand for what happened in this period because People know it. I mean, I suppose one of the things that they did is they made it one of their album tracks. Although having said that, you know, it was it wasn't like a bonus track. Yeah. It's in the middle of the record. But then having said that, Behind Blue Eyes was on Results May Vary, wasn't it? That was actually yep. a track. Uh yep. Shock the Monkey was definitely was uh, a single. Track. Uh, was it? Oh my god. Yeah. Dreadful. I mean that is an awful well, so was
0: Behind Blue Eyes actually. That was a single as well. So oh, fuck it was, wasn't it? Mm. Um whereas you they know were all singles. You know, are we, we haven't even spoken about the old alien ant farm fucking smooth. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, no, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe they were all part of the records, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it just seems to be, this seems to be the one that gets all the vitriol and all the hate. And I think in a world where Limp Bizkit's Behind Blue Eyes exists and cold Chambers Shock the Monkey exists, I think that's insane, to be honest. Mm.
0: But it's still yeah, not, it's still I, not, it's still not very good. Though. It's still not great, <laughs> Um, I mean, that is a good band taking on, you know, a really great metal band taking on a really great band and sort of missing. The next one, which is your pick, Renfri, do you know what this reminds me of? Um, This reminds me of, you know, when they do stuff like, what would happen if the Brazil 1970 team played the Spain team from 2010? What would happen if Rocky, like when they did that Rocky film, what would happen if Rocky Balboa fought the current champion? You know, what would happen if... The Rock and Hulk Hogan had a wrestling match. All that stuff yeah. that people go, what if that massive thing from then took on this massive thing from now? Who would win? Tall, covering Led Zeppelin, mm. no quarter, is kind of like the fucking, the biggest, most expansive, most creative, most exciting, you know, most beloved cult band on earth taking on the gun, kind of, the greatest rock band of all time yeah um so obviously no quarter um from houses of holy from 1973 Tool covered it on their survival dvd vhs box set mm-hmm. in 2000 back when that was a thing did you ever own saliva i never managed to get a copy of it
1: i've got it it's behind me somewhere yeah i've got Bastard. i've got my copy never found it once it was a I mean, I th- I believe they made five thousand copies. Maybe it was ten thousand copies. Mm. And I mean, getting <laughs> if you want to get it now, it's like three hundred, four hundred yeah. quid. Um, uh, yeah, I got the DVD version, um, and it is it's it's actually brilliant. Like in terms of like, I mean, uh, typical Tool. It's quite difficult to actually sum up what it is. It's sort of an odds and sods, B sides slash live collection. Um, it's only eight tracks, but. Um, and it's you know it's up and down but the stuff that is good on it is amazing there's a phenomenal live version of push it where they completely change the song which is debatably my favorite ever tool song that particular version of push it amazing version of third eye uh done live um there's maynard's dick which is fantastic um but yeah and then there's also this phenomenal 11 minute cover of no quarter one of the most underrated led zeppelin songs in their catalogue in my opinion um right. probably because it appeared much later than the i mean it's the first four albums that most people go to it's usually the first four albums and physical graffiti that people mm-hmm. talk about and this is the houses of the holy was their fifth record um it's a it's pretty predominantly a john paul jones composition i think you can hear that from the original there's a lot of kind of Mm mellotron and piano in it and uh it's very slow and ponderous the original
0: version is around seven minutes long um do you like the original i do yeah i do like the original i think it's really good (coughs) it's very it's not what you think of when you think of led zeppelin whatever you think of when you think of led zeppelin you don't really think of no quarter it's quite like you say moody yeah and i think they aren't really a moody band are they? they're they <laughs> either a very kind of horny band or they're a <laughs> sort of hey nonny a hey nonny band or they're a very sort of you know m- melodic um and um well you think someone like stairway to heaven's the obvious they're often very ri- ballady well they're often very riff based as well i mean a lot yeah.
1: a lot of the favorite led zeppelin songs are the you know whole lot of love dazed and confused um immigrant song those songs with those massive fucking riffs um i love those songs i'm not taking anything away from those songs i just really like once once houses of the Holy was released um no quarter became a, a centerpiece of all of their live shows and there's some amazing live versions of uh this song actually celebration day the show which is um from the o2 arena um yeah there's uh there's good things about that show and there's bad things about that show but the their cover of no course on that show is one of the highlights of that entire set it's fucking
0: great do you know what one of the bad things because i've got that on dvd that's Say why. Day. yeah yeah it's so bright like the mm. stage is so why do they I was like, this is like the fucking house lights are up.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing for the filming because they they knew full well they were going to film it and put it out later, didn't they? But I'm guessing that's the mm. reason it's like that. But yeah, it did is. You, a bit did weird. you
0: think that was weird? I, I've always thought that was really weird that it was it didn't really feel like a you getting a light show or anything because of the fucking house lights are up.
1: I kind of I liked the fact that it was basic. I like the fact that they made it like this is just the four of us, well, <laughs> the three of us and John Bonham's son back together um doing these songs i thought it was a sort of good move to do that um and they um m- almost all of the songs are tuned down as well because robert plant's voice can't hit those high notes as much anymore i think that was a good uh, thing to do as well because a it makes some of the songs sound heavier um the version of dazed and confused on that on that it's it's fucking brilliant um but b you know they didn't try to overstretch i mean you know naturally your voice goes down and registers you get older so it was it was a good idea definitely and i like the fact that you have those versions of those songs it's not always
0: it takes it really takes it takes three or four songs to get going that gig um i think it's been a while since i've watched it so i'd have hmm. to watch it again but i do remember quite liking it there is there is a point on that album where or, or the, that
1: live footage where it's like a switch is switched and it just suddenly all clicks into gear and it's very very good anyway we are going mm. off the sub- subject ever so excited uh, um i mean is there much to say about this it's one of the greatest bands ever covering one of the greatest bands ever um, it's your yeah. favorite band ever the tall are mm-hmm. in my top three favorite bands ever um your thoughts
0: on this cover Absolutely stunning. Yeah. better than the original for me. Yes, I think I probably would say that, yeah. I think it is better than the original because they tool it up Yeah, a, a lot as well. I mean, it's still... Again, they've got that thing, it still does sound like the original. Yeah. But I actually think it suits... It sounds like... When you listen to the original, it sounds like it's been written for tool. It does. Fucking 20 years before they were a band. Yeah, it does. And um It could not have been more perfectly conceived as a song it's also about five minutes longer than the original yeah four or five yeah yeah and and it feels shorter yes it does Uh, (laughs) yeah 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 i mean yeah this is a fucking absolute slam dunk yeah what a brilliant brilliant version it's I phenomenal
1: it. it's phenomenal it's so so good it's really difficult to know exactly what they add as well to make it much longer there's a kind of it doesn't
0: feel like anything does it
1: no uh, the only thing i'd a beat them earlier today to try and figure it out there's a cool kind of acoustic sort of flamenco vibe solo that's added on the tall version but other than that and that version that solo bit certainly doesn't last four minutes and in terms of uh, tempo and pace, it's roughly the same. So it's really weird. I mean, I, I, we've talked about this with Tool all the time, how for, for you and I, for people who fucking adore them, um, they, uh, they seem to make time disappear almost, you know. And the fact that this version is 11 minutes, it never, ever feels 11 minutes. It feels grand and epic and, and um, it feels lengthy, but in a good way, you know, I think. Um, it sounds like it could have been recorded on Enema. I mean it, it really sounds yeah it does it really mm. sounds reminiscent of that and I don't actually know this for a fact but I would not be surprised at all if that was recorded in the same studio the same at the same time period um mm. it just has like Adam Jones's guitar sounds like the sounds he was making for it on Enema. I i I would imagine well, it's
0: that point. There was a thing in a. It would have been 1997. I remember there was a studio report. It wasn't a studio report. So it was about uh, what all the American. I remember in Kerrang!, it was all about like what the American metal bands were doing this year. And there was something about Tool. There's a little thing about Tool, and it was like Tool have just released this album. They will tour it, uh, and it was Enema, and um, and it said they'll also go in, go back into the studio to record their cover of. No Quarter by Led Zeppelin. Uh, so I believe nice. they'd been playing it live. Okay. And, you know, this was 1997. Right. Okay. Okay. So it was the start of 97. So obviously they'd had it. Uh, so it, it, they'd had it and it hadn't come out for a few years. I mm-hmm. think by the time it actually got released um, on that box set. So, yeah, it was just became an extra little thing that they did. So I'm assuming they used to play it live mm-hmm. a bit. That makes sense. I think they did, actually. Um, mm. It's just brilliant. It's just fucking great um yeah yeah like you say one of the greatest bands of all time being covered by if you get covered by, i mean this is the thing Tool are so grand and special is that they couldn't just cover <laughs> any old band could they no you have to you like tool are not in the position where they can go oh not many people know about refu- um you know refused or well maybe not refused or or killing joke mm. so we'll cover them i don't think tool could do that mm. i don't think tool could take a band who nobody really knew about and go we'll cover them because they have to cover led zeppelin or black sabbath or the beatles or do you know what i mean they have to cover or pink floyd they have to cover something fucking gigantic mm. because they're just they just dwarf any of those other bands i think
1: yeah i mean they don't as far as i'm aware they don't tend to do all that many covers really um but you know when they do and they're this good and it's a relatively straight at, straight ahead cover as well um mm. in the grand scheme of things but there's just something about it which is so fucking uh, as you say it kind of sounds like it was written for them even though obviously it wasn't um mm. but uh it does make me like listening to this cover sometimes it does make me go the way that John Paul Jones played with Joshua Homie and uh, Dave Grohl, like, I would fucking I'd love to hear a tall album with John Paul Jones in a sort of cult of Luna with um oh Mariner, uh with Julie Christmas Judy sort Christmas. of vibe. Yeah. I mean, you know, tall takes so long to do anything, the chances of that happening are pretty minimal, but you know we can, but dream like that would be a cool.
0: You'd like to hear that, surely? Oh, I'd love to. That'd be, be amazing. Be great. Yeah, yeah, really good. So, um, anyway, so from the sublime to the completely ridiculous, <laughs> uh, we spoke about Refused earlier and how Refused were such a great band and they saw in the Prodigy something special and something that would sort of transition the entire shape. Of heavy music, of course, Refuse went and split up very soon after the shape of punk had come, but their legend continued to grow um, from the kind of the post-hardcore and emo and hardcore scenes growing over the years, and from many many bands who rode that band's coattails. They became this kind of fantastic cult proposition, and by 2011, I think a lot of people realised just how great a band Refused were. And along Come Anthrax uh, to cover New Noise. Now, New Noise is definitely the most famous refused song. It had been covered by, I shit you not, fucking Crazy Town. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, it's not a recorded version, so I didn't pick the Crazy Town version. Okay. But I have heard Crazy <coughs> Town covering New Noise, and you don't want to hear that. You do not want to hear that. No. 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 Um. Anyway there is a so actually
1: just just before you go there's a there's a website that i've been using for this special called secondhand songs yeah, I uh, that, yeah yeah which you can you can um type in and um find out bands who have recorded covers i should say so hence why that crazy town one isn't in there but <clears throat> i was going to say the only band stupid enough to cover this um this song seemed to be the band that we're about to talk about. I can't remember if you've actually said them or not. Have Anthrax. Anthrax. Yes. yes. Um a- according to secondhand songs. Of, of, I mean, of course I'm sure there are other people who have done it. But yeah, basically, most people are
0: smart enough to leave it well alone. Uh mm-hmm. <sighs> well, we spoke about anthrax. Uh, if you're listening to this um podcast and you've been listening all week, we spoke about anthrax covering um you too, and we were both quite mm. surprised at how Anthrax actually did quite a good version of Exit. Yes. And um yes. <laughs> and you know, that was with John Bush on vocals. Mm. Um but you know, it was not a bad cover. Um and I think the reason why both of us were so shocked that Anthrax managed to do a good cover of anything <laughs> decent beca- because is because the two thousand and eleven album Worship Music, which was their comeback record after fucking what was it eight eight years without an album something um, lines, yeah. and you know they brought joe belladonna back and then to do the sort of hey we're back it's a classic classic lineup and then he left and john bush sort of came back and then they got dan nelson who didn't work out so they asked joe belladonna to come back and he said no and then john bush came back in and then they got joe belladonna back when john bush refused to go back with the band and it was just been like a pretty bad time and then this this record came out and it was massively disappointing, although people at the time will tell you that it was great. Yeah, yeah. am yeah, yeah. sadly, I was one of those people. I take it back. It's not oh. a good album at all. I, I gave it a pretty fucking solid review on the Old Metal Hammer podcast. Oh, right, okay. Um, But I did say at the time, the cover of New Noise is really bad. I mean, this free. Is a disaster, isn't it? It is a disaster, yeah. This is an absolute, complete and utter disaster. Yep. This is saggy, flabby old men that do not understand this song, do not understand this music, just stomping all over it. It is awful. I mean, a little tiny part of me thinks that if John Bush was in the band, they wouldn't have completely ruined it. Although it, I have my doubts. I certainly <laughs>
1: think it would have been better, but I still think it wouldn't have been very good.
0: Mm. But certainly, Joey <sighs> Belladonna seems to have absolutely no idea what he is singing or why he is singing it, no. or what the band he is, you know, covering are meant to be at all. Mm. It is terrible. This cover. The first terrible. word. The
1: fir- I mean, I <laughs> just, just a, just a give them another mention i mean um uh, this cover compared to Machine Head's cover of uh message in a bottle i mean it makes message in a bottle look like fucking stairway to heaven or something you know um oh yeah that's far better than this oh god yeah yeah limp is the word that kept coming up it's just so
0: tired tired tired, old yeah you know when you listen to how much fucking anger Mm. And invention and passion in, exists in the refuse cover of New mm. Noise. Mm. You know the kind of righteous indignation, the like, the seething maelstrom of of ideas and you know fury that has fueled that song. And then you've got these five old thrash metalers who are fucking past it, mm. trying to trot out like it's just Im- it, it is embarrassing. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say right now it's not the worst it's still not the worst thing we're going to talk about this in this show but it is absolutely fucking mind-bendingly bad it's offensive i'm offended by this it is i mean it's interesting you say it's not the worst we're
1: going to talk about um it is for me it's either the worst or it's the joint worst
0: worst yeah it might get joint worst actually
1: um but actually i am tempted to say this is the worst i absolutely hate it uh it's tuned tuned down uh maybe a step or half a step i'm not sure which um which as i've already mentioned uh, is a trick that is often employed to make things sound heavier ironically it doesn't sound heavier at all just makes it sound worse um and i remember the first time i ever heard this cover um realizing it was joey belladonna on it you know joey belladonna isn't really a screamer is he can i scream (laughs) but this is (laughs) <laughs> what this, are you doing? Is, this is the thing It's just like There are some things If, if the first lyric to a song is Can I scream that should probably be screamed <laughs> do you know what i mean sometimes you know i i am happy to accept fire uh, jimmy world's interpretation of Firestarter. i know you have a bit more of an issue with it but in terms of this interpretation yeah coming in and being like yeah literally can i scream is no no you can't joey belladonna that's why <laughs> that's why you're singing it in that shouldn't fucking, be doing this yeah, song, yeah that's why you're fucking doing it in such a Awful trad metal way. It's absolutely it's old and hackneyed, basically. Just
0: just admit that you're you're not good enough to do this. Just admit that you like admit to yourselves that you. I, I get that you know, it's kind of cool that you think like those dudes in Anthrax look at Refused and go fucking hell, they were great. Hmm. Like I think that's great that someone like Scott Ian looks at Refused and looks at Shape Punk to come and goes that's a really really great record. Yeah, but this is not like you know, Requiem by like Foo Fighters looking at fucking killing jokes. Yeah. You can't do this. Yeah. You are not, you do not have the fucking capacity mm. to do this. You don't have the ability or the outlook or the fire in your back. And you certainly don't with Joe Belladonna. I mean, like I say, I think you're right. I think tune it down and making it sound more lumpen and ploddy mm, mm-hmm. and like stripping it of all of its sort of energy and its sprightliness is one thing. And sticking John Bush over the top of it ain't gonna save it from that unfortunately as much as I like John Bush. But the fucking sprinkle of dog turd that is Joey Belladonna, who's crap anyway. Like I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm sorry, old school anthrax fans the yes the best material was written during the Joey Belladonna era but that is sang better than by John Bush all day long. Like Joe Belladonna is a fucking clown he's crap. Hmm. And you know he just this is this is Joe Belladonna at his absolute fucking crusty the clown m- most. Do you know what I mean? He is fucking embarrassing on this. It's yeah. Awful.
1: Bar bar the times I've seen Anthrax live and he's not been able to hit the notes. Um, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen Joe
0: Joey Belladonna do. It's absolutely awful. I mean, t- just I mean, it just sounds like old man steptoe, don't you? I expect him to go, could I scream? <laughs> and then his fucking trousers <laughs> to fall down. I was like, <laughs>
1: I mean like they even uh, just showing their fundamental misunderstanding of the song they even like try to put harmonies on the vocals and things like that which is just not not what this song needs or wants or it just and and there's what I'd say about the original is indiv the individual constituent parts of the song are all relatively simple but the genius Mm. the genius of new noise is the amalgamation of all those simple elements um and i think just i think anthrax really show kind of the genius of the original in a way and show how you cannot just recreate that you know in a in a simple fashion um i think most people like i don't think you'd have to be playing guitar for very long for instance to be able to learn how to play the song but that that, but that doesn't mean that you're going to cover it with the same kind of level of grit and kind of just all the elements that they bring together in in that original song i mean it's 22 years old that song and it still sounds like it could have been recorded yesterday you know
0: it's an absolutely incredible song and it is a swing and a fucking miss Mm -hmm. from anthrax so um old metal band covering exciting hardcore band no but exciting hardcore band covering old metal band now that renfrey is a different story mm. your next pick is the trooper by heck uh, originally by iron maiden taken from their 1983 album peace of mind Heck's version is on their bgs and rarities album from 2017 but i do believe it is available elsewhere and it came out before then you'll have to let me know when that actually was
1: it originally came out on the maiden heaven kerrang cd in 2016 And uh,
0: that's right. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. I thought so. Um, There is a long held tradition uh, of bands covering Iron Maiden and sounding much better than the original. (laughs) Um, Avenged Sevenfold's cover of Flash of the Blade is better than the original. Trivium's version of Iron Maiden is better than the original. Machine Head's cover of Hallow Be Thy Name is better than the original. And the best, the absolute best is Gallo's version of Wrathchild, which is fucking great. But. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna throw in. in i'm gonna throw
1: in opeth's uh running oh fuck's sake fuck's sake they do
0: uh run today rem- remember tomorrow they do remember tomorrow okay yeah, i've not really heard good. that yeah. um but i'm gonna add in hex version of the trooper Fuck yeah. uh to that which i think is so fucking all over the place mm. they have absolutely decimated the formula of Mm -hmm. this old school heavy metal song they have smashed they have in true kind of heck style have absolutely smashed it to a kajillion pieces and then made some sort of grotesque frankenstein's monster out of it and it's glorious (laughs) in the very very best way They've, they've destroyed this song
1: yeah i was about to say just to take what you said they've destroyed the song and then rebuilt it from the ground up um which is exactly what you want heck to do with uh with Mm -hmm. a song i mean um it's weird because like heck haven't been a band since we've been doing this podcast so if there is anyone who who isn't aware of this band i mean heck Two members of Heck went on to form Hag- Haggard Cat, who we have spoken about quite a lot. And um, if you are uh, unaware of Heck, or it used to be called Baby Godzilla, um, you really should check them out. I mean, they were a fucking phenomenal band who I used to rave about constantly. Um, I went you can to listen
0: to the album. It, the Instructions is the album. And instructions just, is the one, yeah. It's just a f- totally brilliant record. Yeah,
1: fucking amazing. Um, but to take a song like this, I mean, this is one of the most enduring iron maiden songs ever um i've seen maiden i don't know eight nine times live and they've played it every single time um i personally don't get bored of hearing the original whereas there are maiden songs i don't really need to ever hear the number of the beast ever again i don't think um for example um you know uh but the Trooper for me, just, just wanted to get your opinion on it, just because you're not the. Uh, as, no, we're nowhere near as big a Maiden fan as
0: I am. Do you like yeah. the original? I do quite like the original, actually. Mm. Yeah, I like the Trooper. The Trooper yeah. is one of the. I mean, the bass line is fucking superb. Yes. Isn't it? There's yes. no getting away from it. That bass, that that run down the bass is, is fucking brilliant. Yeah. And um, the whole kind of stop, start. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah like that is you know it's great yeah um it's got a big whoa, whoa chorus on it as well like a big pop hook the core um, the not chorus. the Maiden are a pop band obviously they're the biggest best metal band ever <laughs> They no, wouldn't dare have pop hooks at all even though they do all over the fucking place Yeah, but, um, they
1: undoubtedly do. i mean what what idiot says that what idiot says they don't have pop hooks they have massive pop you hook.
0: go on the you go on the, uh, metal, uh, the facebook well page i i don't i don't yeah 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 no. yeah Yeah. i'm
1: sure i'm sure there are maiden fans who do say that but that's a ironic thing to say
0: um yes it is
1: in terms i mean they're one of the poppiest metal bands out there yeah but there's nothing wrong with that they do it incredibly well in fact in fact i would argue in terms of a metal band who have pop hooks they in my opinion they may they're probably the best but anyway Different, different, different conversation.
0: Harsh on cross-faith. <laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, talk on. talk
1: about mangling a song and making it your own, right? Um, just like Arcane Roots did with Smells Like Teen Spirit. I think Heck have done exactly the fucking same thing with this. And I think something that um, I imagined that you would really like about it. I don't know if you were aware of this cover beforehand or not. Yes, I so was. You were, yeah. okay. I thought you would really like it because I thought that, this is one of those covers that is guaranteed to piss off a large swathe of the uh,
0: Iron Maiden fan base. I know, I love it. (laughs) I love the idea of that. I love the idea they've destroyed this, like, Iron Maiden fans would probably think that it's sacrilege to touch yeah. the trooper. It's sacrilegious to do this. This is heathen behavior. Mm. You know, you should be put in jail and locked up and put in the stocks for daring to change. You know, to, you shouldn't be allowed to cover Iron Maiden unless mm. you're Iron Maiden. And <laughs> then to get hold of this and to fucking tear it to shreds yeah and not really give a fuck about it even sounding like a metal song and the fact at the end they do a little bit of yeah. and that's it that's the only thing that kind of sounds you know really super recognizable from uh the original um, it, it's only they throw in a bit of the bass they throw in a bit of the bass at the start and they're throwing a bit of the guitar part at the end and apart from that it's just a fucking you know it's a, a completely unrecognisable
1: you could argue the best way you could argue that the only thing that's recognizable from the original is the um is the riff Mm. but even that they fuck around with and like speed it up slow it down you know like Mm. and it's so what i love about this cover is it's so fluid like the the, the tempo of it is constantly shifting and changing. They're speeding it up. They're slowing it down. They're like just covering it with feedback. Then they slow it down again. And Matt sings the first verse and shows what a brilliant fucking sung vocalist he was. I mean, we hear a lot more of that in Haggard Cat these days. But back then, you didn't hear Matt sing all that much. Um, so that was a real surprise as well. And he sings the... Mm-hmm. Well, like the first time he sings Whoa, 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 Whoa. He sings it in a really beautiful manner you know it's really really amazing and then when they speed it up and it goes absolutely crazy it's bonkers to think that considering the amount that they fuck with the tempo um i've no idea if they did this on purpose i can't imagine maybe they did maybe they didn't but it is actually exactly the same length as the original which is crazy when you consider that it's sped up slowed down sped up slowed down but i didn't know that that's probably it's probably just like sheer luck that but i think i think there's like one second difference between the two just but it's exactly the same just length.
0: goes to show how much better a band heck were than iron maiden i think <laughs> what i fucking adore heck i don't know if i'll go yeah. that far
1: but but i mean i like lo- I, what i love about this just like the arcane roots cover it breathes new life into a song i've heard a million times before mm. like when <laughs> when the trooper comes on usually at a rock bar or or um uh when i see them live i'm never like oh the trooper again i'm always like yay the trooper but i also i don't ever put the trooper on because i've heard it fucking a million times before you know um sort yeah. of the, sort of the yeah, yeah. same sort of the same with teen spirit it doesn't mean i don't like the song it's just like i hear it so fucking much i don't tend of to course. put it on um but yeah but when you get these covers which which make you see a song that you have loved and 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 imbibed into your life for you know two-thirds of my life in this particular case i would imagine with the trooper it's really fucking cool it's really cool to see that
0: yeah it is really cool i agree with all of that i think this is really really great and i get the kind of added bonus from it when i listen to it i imagine the amount of kind of fucking <laughs> red-faced fat old ale true like fucking L drinking leather waistcoat wankers having a (laughs) cry about why it doesn't sound exactly the same so I thank you boys thank you boys from heck Um, your legacy is strong Mm. and I love you for it Mm. Um, so there you go I mean this moving on funnily enough I kind of put these. I've tried to sort of have a through line going through our covers. I like I've, it. It's I've noticed been it. Pretty I like good it. so far. Mm. And then I sort of struggled at this point, but okay. because this cover has got a real Iron Maiden gallop to it, it does. It's not in the original, so it I was does. Like, I'm going to put it here. And we have spoken about this song before on our Pink Floyd The Wall special. But like I said, these got about two years ago mm-hmm. these covers so paul bearer's cover run like hell by pink floyd obviously um from the classic 1979 album the wall this is taken from the wall redux album that came out a couple of years back um with the likes of mark Lanigan, the melvins open hand scott reader and others covering um one of the great if not the greatest album ever made. Yes, <laughs> I do still think that. Um there is some really good shit on that that particular album, but I have to say um hearing Paul Bearer give this song the dirt and the grit and the gruff anger that I think it it kind of deserves is mm. fucking or aw- is fucking awesome. Cuz for everything that I said about The Wall by Pink Floyd, there's not Many bits that it is sonically heavy in the traditional sense. I think there is bits that are jarring, as we spoke about on our um, our special at length. There are bits on it that are jarring. There are bits on it that are shocking. There are bits on it that are loud. There are bits on it that are heavy thematically, but it never goes full crunch. No. like even the heavy heavy bits, it never goes full heavy metal crunch. Mm. Um, and so it's really cool to hear a band like Paul Bearer do that and do that well as opposed to like we said at the time kitty (laughs) or corn um basically Mm. lose the fucking plot uh Mm. what do you think about this song renfrey even though we have spoken a bit about it before i can't remember what you thought about it the original or the cover well go for both uh the original um
1: it's it's an actual song it's an actual song from the Mm -hmm. wall. so a bit of a rarity uh yeah
0: Yeah. Um, the walls are a whole, complete one piece of art. That, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it if shouldn't you shouldn't usually be taken in isolation. But yes. the genius of it is so much of it can be. Uh, which is why it's so great. Anyway, go on.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, which is obviously a point that we half disagree on, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> I think, um, I, I, I re-listening to the original again, I can't remember if I've had this thought before or if I even mentioned it on the special or not, but it struck me how um, uh, Survivor must have ripped off the riff for this a few years later with Eye of the Tiger. I don't know if that's something we did mention in the special or not. We didn't mention that, and now you've said that. Do you that, see what I mean? That is really yeah fucking hell yeah 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 i mean i when i was writing this i was like oh my god pink floyd rich, rip, ripped off survivor uh but annoyingly no it is the other way around if anything
0: um no probably well, while survivor were well maybe pink floyd was supporting survivor <laughs> on tour and they started playing it live because obviously as you as you remember pink floyd not that big in the 70s where they ran for anything. not they're playing many big gigs survivor were probably bigger than them yeah. ah it's a good
1: <laughs> good thing i do the editing on this show um um i think paul bear i mean well look i mean for the for those who have heard the pink floyd war special and i know i'm pretty certain you're going to disagree but i i think the paul bearer cover knocks the original for six i think i think it's way better um it's so mu- so different it's so different even a being them even listening to the Pink Floyd version and then the Paul Bearer version, it's like, they, they are... I can only just about see that they are the same song. I have to really concentrate to, to really... Re- yeah, personally. I don't know if that's because everything Pink Floyd have ever done has just gone over my head. Um, and I do, I do feel myself just zoning out whenever Pink Floyd come on. I'm sorry, we've discussed it before. It's just that, it's just a thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel i i feel it almost feels like a completely different song to me and i don't know if that's that that wall that you know no pun intended that wall i have with pink floyd or not i don't know but to me they i can just about see that they're the same song but i think that's a great thing i think the pool cover is fucking great i love it mm.
0: i really like it i mean i think what the i mean i, I don't agree that the Paul, the Paul bear version is better the pink floyd version um sounds delicious uh it sounds incredible. Um, th- like everything on that record, the production is fucking u- unreal. But um, the the song is called Run Like Hell and the Pink Floyd version, it sounds, it is the pacing of it sounds like somebody, you feel somebody running. It mm-hmm. feels like people are running away. It's got a relentless march to it. And I think Paul Bearer take it and they slide around it and they kind of speed it up at points and they slow it down. And it doesn't have that kind of mechanical march to it, which I think is good because mm. it's they're doing a cover of it. So that's great. Um, and you should change it up as much as possible. Uh, it makes it more metal and it makes it... Uh, it like. Funnily enough, I, I find the Paul Bearer version heavier, but less sinister. Um, yes, I think I would agree with
1: that. But where Paul Bearer does have it over the original, I think is I think the original is an angry song. And Paul Bearer have actually managed to make it. I don't. Roger Waters doing angry doesn't tend to work, I find.
0: Okay, it's a different type of anger. You're gonna have that in a cardboard box. You better run. When he does that, that like, I mean, what Paul Bearer doing when you talk about angry is that the vocals in it are much they're shouted like an angry metal singer, Mm, whereas mm, Roger Waters mm. doesn't do that. So Mm. I don't know if kind of, maybe for both of us, years of listening to quote unquote angry Mm. singers has made you think, well, that's what angry singers should sound like. But, you know, I think Roger Waters sounds like an angry person rather than an angry metal singer. I don't, you know, Mm. like I say, it's not as weighty, but Paul Bearer do really make it sound... Super heavy. Like, I really love this cover. I think it is great. Mm. I think mm-hmm. it's really, really good. And I love the fact that they fuck around with the tempo mm. and they fuck around with the formula and they make it sound like, like I say, gives it the kind of the metallic weight that the original doesn't have. But I still weirdly do find the original more upsetting.
1: I do I said I think you um got it in one when you said more sinister. I do understand what mm. you're saying. I do think the original's more sinister. Um I just think the the Paul Bear cover fucking rocks. I don't enjoy yeah, I don't enjoy the original version. Whereas I enjoy the Paul Bearer version, I'm not sure if I meant to enjoy the original version. To be totally
0: honest, well, there's so much about the wall that I'm not sure you're actually meant to like. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. So, so you know, in, in that sense, I'm not saying the originals a failure necessarily, um, but uh, but I but I really enjoy the Paul Bearer version, and I don't particularly enjoy the original. So mm. there we go. But that yeah, that doesn't make the original a failure. It's just. I don't know. I just, yeah, I fucking love the Paul Bearer version.
0: I think it's great. I i, I do like um, when, I mean, this is a, for me, the reason I put this in is this is an example of a heavy band taking a song which really does suit heavy music hmm. and getting it fucking right. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I like, okay, so this is like, it's different. It's like you say, it's different enough to not feel like the original at all, yeah. but it still feels like it is a, a no-brainer of a song to cover. There are certain uh, yeah, songs in, exactly. in pop and rock and or hip-hop or dance or whatever that you just go, this is a no-brainer. This would make a great metal cover. Mm-hmm. And I think Run Like Hell is always one of them. And I'm, I'm glad to see that finally, because the Kitty cover, as we discussed oh, before, is truffle. a fucking disaster. Um, it's so, a bu- beautiful
1: synthesis of band and choice of cover. I think yeah. is is a mm. good way to put it. A second only the second best Pink Floyd cover in my opinion. But uh yeah, very 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 good. Go on. What's the best one? Well, Incubus doing Wish You Were Here, obviously. <laughs> Again, ju- just the not cheap, even a... just cheap just a cheap shot to annoy Steve. <laughs> yeah,
0: not even a cover. <laughs> it's got the same name as a Pink Floyd song.
1: Yeah, but come on, the Incubus yeah. version's better.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh dear. Um deary me. Who have I agreed to do a podcast with like a Fucking Loon? Um anyway, that's uh, Run Like Hell by Paul Bearer. Um again, no real link here other than just big, big band um being covered by well, in this case another really, really big band, but you know, a hugely iconic cover. Um, although, although we should say at the time that they did cover it, they wouldn't have. They been weren't a big, massive. Big, big band.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, Biffy Clyro's cover of Buddy Holly by Weezer is your next choice. Um, the Blue Album classic from 1994, obviously the definitive song of Weezer's career. Still, uh, Biffy Not again. It.
1: Surprise, surprise! Not their biggest on
0: Spotify. It's their third biggest on Spotify. Island in the Sun
1: and uh, something else are, are bigger. Bonkers. But there you go. What?
0: Mm, yeah, I know it must be is it's not africa is it can't be surely can you imagine if that imagine if like at their cover of africa a surf to fucking buddy holly would be insane i'm not surprised isle in the sun i'm trying to think what else it could even be it's, uh, say it ain't, say it ain't so Oh, really that's surprising yeah yeah yeah
1: um africa is in the top 10
0: i mean of, <laughs> of course it is of course it is
1: um but yeah 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 i i mean yeah it's kind of crazy i buddy holly in my opinion the original
0: is perfect 40 million plus more listens so it ain't so than buddy holly yeah it's crazy island in the
1: sun has almost double the amount of listens than buddy holly i'm assuming my guess is island on the sun is on shit loads of playlists that's yeah. my guess, and that's why it's so high because it's like doesn't way explain, out
0: in front. Doesn't explain, say it ain't so though. That's from the same album. It's no, mad, no yeah, I know, I'm it's crazy. Mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great song. Both great songs. Anyway, yeah. um, Biffy covered Buddy Holly in 2006 again on a Kerrang CD called High Voltage A Brief History of Rock, which was pretty good in the main, if I recall. It's basically just a lot of bands covering songs. I think a lot of them were stuff that bands already did. Whereas I think Biffy actually sat down and specifically did Buddy Holly for that CD. And I think you can kind of tell. Oh yeah. Uh, when yeah. you put it on. Um, I did buy that, uh, that issue of Kerrang at the time. Same. And I remember being utterly perplexed by this song. Yeah. Now I remember just kind of being perplexed and impressed Mm. And I was like, fucking fair play to that band, Mm. Biffy Clyro, for having a go at a really, really iconic song and paying it absolutely no heed whatsoever. Like, they've really changed it. But I used to be like, do I actually like it? No, I don't really. I was more impressed with it than I was actually, like, enjoying it, you know? I Um, actually,
1: just to throw in, I actually used to feel exactly the same as you. as what you've just said. Although it sounds like you're about to say your opinion's changed.
0: Yeah, I think it has changed, actually. I've not Mm. listened to this in a long time. Mm. And now I think it's really good. Yeah, same. I mean, (laughs) I think there's stuff in it that, like, because before I was like, that thing I said earlier about they changed Firestarter so much that you couldn't hear any. There, There is no remnant of, musically, there is no remnant of Firestarter left in the mm. Jimmy Eat World version at all. It's a completely different song. It's got nothing to do with the original at all. It's completely, it's like they've written a song and just sung the lyrics to Firestarter over the top of it, right? And I thought that that was what this was
2: mm, uh, no, initially.
0: Not. But it's not, is mm, it? No, I not. mean, that solo, that iconic Rivers Cuomo solo at the end is there. It's just, it's got this mad off-kilter riff that underpins it. And that's and it's that's genius. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. And there's and the way they use the woo-hoo from the original in this, again, like they kept it in so you go, oh yeah, yeah, I'm listening to Buddy Holly. Yeah. It's fucking it's, good.
1: It's a really fantastic angular math rock cover of what is ostensibly a very simple, straight ahead song. Um and it's uh It's very Biffy Clyro as they were then, as opposed to as they are now. This sounds like Vertigo of Bliss era, Biffy or Infinity Land. I mean, I I would I would link it to one of those two records. I would argue. Uh, Did you say it was two thousand six? Two thousand six.
0: If it was two thousand six, yeah, I thought Puzzle would have been out by then.
1: Puzzle was two thousand seven so oh, okay, so, um, not so yeah so just prior just prior to puzzle just prior to them becoming a much much bigger deal funnily enough um and um yeah i mean i think it is i i just i just again it's just another example of a band taking a song and just completely changing it but while still retaining an identity of what the original song was but you really yeah you really have to listen to it don't you i mean the first time i ever heard this cover I, I was a massive massive Biffy fan so I was really looking forward to hearing this and there was a sense of disappointment in that I loved the fact they'd completely changed it but yeah to me it did just sound like they had written a completely new song underneath um, and retained the lyrics I was about to say retained the lyrics and the vocal melody don't even really take retain the vocal melody I mean they do and they don't but T- a tiny little bit yeah they dance around it I would say they, they they almost use it as a foundation but then dance around it a bit but actually if you listen to it properly if you actually actually listen to it you realize that they have taken individual elements of the original song and just biffy f- Clyroed them up they've but biffy Clyro from from the point when they sounded like you know an angular awkward fugazi type band rather mm. than the massive stadium Bayer Moth that they are today. I mean I like both versions of Biffy Clyro. Unsurprisingly, I prefer the Angular Fugazi version of them. Um certainly if you've never heard the Angular Fugazi version of Biffy Clyro and you went to this having heard, you know, only Revolutions and and the new stuff, going back to this might be a bit of a shock really. Um because there's some it, it's just it's just bizarre. I mean this is this is math rock. This is full on math rock. Biffy more pretty much started as a math rock band you could argue this is math rock through yeah and Through it is. It really through is. And through. i think that's
0: i think that's what's so shocking about it is i do think you know like you would want to do something with buddy holly you wouldn't want to but it, it's such that you know buddy holly is the quintessential three minute long college rock pop rock song mm-hmm. it couldn't you listen to it and you go this couldn't be anything else other than this anthemic, lovely, guitar-based, you know, Beach Boys harmonied pop rock song. It is perfect. It's like, you know, Rivers Cuomo, at his best, writes these absolutely perfect pop songs. And the idea that you could imagine Buddy Holly as anything other than that, I think is, is pretty just just trying to imagine Buddy Holly as a death metal song or, yeah. you know, making a dance remix of it. You just go, I just, I can't. I can't even fathom it. So to turn it into, <laughs> you know, whatever this is, like a yeah. math rock song. Yeah. It just, uh, I mean, just the idea it alone yeah. takes some doing to even be able to comprehend it, to be able to do it and to actually you know admittedly years down the line year decades down the line or a decade and a bit down the line for me to go ah it's actually pretty good this mm. it's actually really really good i mean that is that's that's fucking awesome yeah it shows um, it shows the
1: creativity of this band there are so mm. there are so many people who um like whenever i hear i'm very 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 uh protective of biffy Clyro, i have to say and whenever i hear people kind of going oh they just sound like everyone else i'm i'm always very like no you don't know you should have heard the early stuff and i think this is a classic example of like a band taking something on and doing it themselves and just making it very them while still retaining the well something from the original Um, And yeah, it's just it just shows the creativity of those three musicians and how they can manipulate it and change it into something totally, totally new. Um, Mm. It's it's probably in terms of like of the covers that I brought in personally, it's probably my least favorite, if I'm totally honest. Um, But I just I, I wanted to bring it in just as an example of showing how I mean, quite a few of my picks are the song done in a totally different way but this arguably is the most different in a sense i would still retaining a sense of the original like it's uh it's a real it's it's incredibly it's incredibly brave and incredibly interesting and i think the problem with those kerrang cds and metal hammer cds back in the past is like most of the bands weren't willing to do anything different with the songs so stuff like this really stood out as being really different um, and yeah, as I say, in, in my eyes, it's the sign of an amazing band when you can do that.
0: Absolutely. I think any band who take that song as as well-known as Buddy Holly and turn it into something else deserves respect. Hence why we move on to the Future Heads, Hounds of Love, originally by Kate Bush, um, a cover of the iconic Kate Bush song, the title track from a 1985 album. The Future Heads released it as a single um, on their 2004 self-titled debut album. Future Heads, for those of you who don't remember them, were a quite short-lived um, sort of post-punk band. They're from Sunderland. There's a little period, um, and that little period that we always moan about for indie bands, where them and Maximo Park were sort of spearheading this like, <laughs> you know, northeast uh, northeast revival of, uh, of sort of post-punk music. And I quite like Maximo Park, and I quite like the first Future Heads album as well. This peaked at number eight, this song, um, in the UK singles chart, which actually ten places higher than the Kate Bush original. Um, it was voted single of the year in two thousand and five by the NME, and it was vote and it was it went in at number eighty nine in the magazine's one hundred and fifty best songs of the last fifteen years list in two, in two thousand seventeen. So, um, I think this is a fucking great reworking of a very, very different song. And there was a lot of time where these sort of indie bands had absolutely no creativity at all. They were, you know, that that whole kind of, we've spoken about it all the time, the Kaiser Chiefs and the fucking Razor Lights and the Kooks and all these absolutely dog shit bands, utterly, utterly dog shit bands. But there were a few bands that stood out from those sort of things. And I think, especially when you take, again, it's, similar to the the Prodigy um, cover by Refused in that it's, it's not, you know, Kate Bush with... If you heard the Kate Bush original, it's massively overdubbed with many, many vocal melodies and many yeah. vocal layers. It's created with a lot of synth and a lot of electronic music. Um, this is three voices, two guitars, a bass and a drum kit. And I think especially for the kind of the vocal harmony part of the start... I just think this shows, this is a very creative reworking of that song, turning it into something very, very different from the original. But Renfrey, I know you hate it. Go on. <laughs> um, it's Why?
1: It's by far and away my least favourite cover that we're doing. Yes, I hate it more than the Anthrax cover. You I have got to be kidding me. I hate it more me. than Machine Head.
0: Um, this is one of the most... I mean, there's one coming up in a minute, which I just cannot understand how you can honestly say that this is worse than what something we're about to talk about
1: i think this is one of the most irritating covers of all time i fucking hate it i absolutely despise it you're absolutely right they do um make a semblance of changing it ever so well no not ever so slightly it is it is different they make far more of the kind of like um oh oh, 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 bit from the kate bush bush bit Mm -hmm. i think the brilliance of the Kate Bush original was kind of like that in the hands of lesser people and lesser musicians could become a really annoying sort of football chant type thing uh which is more of an irritating earworm rather than um rather than a cool part of the song as it is on the Kate Bush original and that's exactly what they did they they took the song and they football chanted it up um and it's kind of like taking a song and muzacking it up it's it's absolutely everything that I
0: I despise it. I absolutely despise it. Completely, completely disagree with everything you've just said. I don't. I think they've taken that vocal hook as a back. uh, It still sits in the back, right? What they've done with it is that they've turned it into a post. They, it's they've turned it into a post punk song. They've they've upped the pace of it. It's completely different to the pace of the original. Um, So it is a kind of that. Oh 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 oh. is is in the is the kind of the hook in the back and he goes that bit where he's he do I know what i mean do you know what i mean there's a bit at the end where it goes into kind of full riff riffy mode and i was like this is completely different from the original it's actually like there's there's parts in it where i think because lyrically like you know i found a fox hound by you know the the taking the fox in her arms and stuff which is you know beautiful in the Kate Bush version it sounds like he's I I actually think he sounds quite pissed off about the fact that he's found this like poor beaten animal in it and he found and I, I think whereas the Kate Bush one is kind of sad and somber I think he sounds genuinely kind of upset points in this version of the hounds of love and he's kind of really angry that someone has set dogs on these on these foxes i honestly get that from this from this version i think the part at the end where the guitars go kind of like double time is really fucking cool and it gives and I i think this is a really good cover really good and I don't think that they're, I think that, oh, oh oh. oh I can see what you say. It's what you're saying. It's it's a hook for people who probably don't listen to much more or listen out for much more than just the hook. But it's there and they did something with it. And yeah, it's a fucking earworm as well. But I think this is a lot better than you're giving it credit for, a lot better.
1: I think this is, when we talk about those indie bands from this era, I think this is one of the worst examples of it. I think this is one the absolute worst of the worst. I think it's dreadful. I absolutely hate it. Um, and I think... Worse than the fucking Kooks. I think it's the same level Come as the on. Kooks. I think it's the mm. exact same level as the Kooks. And actually, I mean, my... <laughs> I did go onto their Spotify to have a look at this. I mean, in terms of the band themselves, um, this cover is by far their number one song with 18 million, uh, 18 million listens. The the Their second song is from a totally different album it's called the beginning of the twist and it has um a couple of hundred thousand shy of four million so there's a massive 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 juxtaposition and i think this is an example of a band who are famous due to a cover it's a sort of alien ant farm scenario um and for me they've taken the kate bush original stripped out everything from it that makes it good and just focused on I mean, the the one thing I hugely disagree with you on is um, that oh 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 being like in the background of the song. That is the thing that they focus. That's that's what they focus on. I think everything else happens around that bit, and that's not what the Kate Bush version is like. It's like it's this big symphony of different sounds, and that oh 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 is just one bit. Whereas the Kate Bush
0: version is incredible. The Kate Bush version is mm, is amazing. Mm, mm, mm. You know it Where, really is a great song but to, i think this is good as well
1: i i agree they post punk it up and all that kind of thing i agree it's a bit faster a bit more urgent i don't get anything emotional from the lyrics what's from from the um, performance at all because i absolutely despise it and i hate it so much um but i i just think it's taking a beautifully complex and interesting song and turning it yeah into football chant music i think it's fucking terrible and yeah i i think it is kooks level of awful i absolutely hate it
0: if the kooks had covered this song they wouldn't have changed it into a faster they would have done an exact replica of it i don't think anyone and i think it like you know alien ant farm did an exact replica of smooth criminal mm, mm, like mm, when they did mm, it this is not an exact replica of that song no no it's, no it isn't It isn't. It it is changed quite considerably, and actually, looking, I'm just looking at the um, uh, the track listing of that first Future Heads album, and I'm not sure that you would like it. But actually, looking back, I mean, I think I don't know that song that you're talking about. But I bought this record, the Future Heads record, and. I've listened to it a few times in the last decade or so. Not many times, just to go back to it. It's not a great record, but it has actually got quite a lot of good songs on it. I would say Robot Le Garage is good, and they what they had is a, they've got a, they had a similar sort of vibe to XTC, uh, which is why I think I liked them um, mm-hmm. back in the day. Is because XTC were a band who made very 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 catchy pop songs, but they made them with quirky weird angular sounding guitar parts as well. And I think the Future Heads do that pretty, not as well as XTC by any stretch of imagination, but there are examples of that done pretty well, Um, especially when you consider what surrounded them. I think they are, they're definitely, I mean, you know, when you're talking about bands like the Kooks and stuff, who I don't think have any kind of reference points close to there. Are, you know, I'm not a massive fan of someone like Franz Ferdinand, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I can at least look at Franz Ferdinand and go, you obviously listen to better music than the, the like the kooks listen to Oasis and Coldplay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Travis. Right. Do you know what I mean, a razor light listen to fucking, you know, <laughs> the U2 album that came out that year. I don't think the future heads do that. And I don't think that this is anywhere near the, uh, it's produced by Andy Gill, this was,
2: mm-hmm.
0: from um, Gang of Four. And I think you can hear shit like Gang of Four and Wire and Magazine and all of that in the future heads. And I think you can hear that in the Kate Bush cover as well. I know what you're saying. I think somebody has gone, find the hook in that, case, that Kate Bush song, and it's there. I think that is slightly a product of the time. Mm. But I think there's actually a lot more to... um to this song than just relying solely on that hook which i think is obviously hard to escape but i think there's a lot more to it i mean the, the last sort of 45 seconds is there an ice cream van outside your house there is yeah 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 I'm actually. I know just, he's coming close, isn't he? I'm just gonna. <laughs> yeah, he <always>, Uber <laughs> and he Uber, an, he Uber an ice cream van. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He always he always um, parks directly outside our house. So yeah, yeah unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a bit oh, late. Right. He's a bit late. He's uh, he's usually here oh, about seven an hour for ice ago. cream. Yeah. yeah, I know, yeah. crazy. Yeah. But anyway, I, I
0: I I think that's a deeply hot. And I mean, particularly in comparison with Anthrax, or in comparison with well, we're about to talk about one in a minute, which I just cannot understand. I mean, it, you, there's nothing you could throw at me. That I would say is worse than what we're about what we're going to talk about in a minute but i I like this I think it's good uh okay i i, I, <laughs> I mean I, I you haven't
1: convinced me i i I think this is one i think this is one of the worst things to come out of that era I absolutely hate it it's it's a total total anathema to me I haven't heard. I like I don't recall ever hearing anything that the future heads have done other than this, so I can't really comment on the band as a whole. I thought it said quite a lot, the fact that Hounds of Love, their cover of Hounds of Love has got eighteen million uh uh plays on Spotify and then their next one's closer to four million. Um
0: but you know Oh yeah, yeah. It's so, <clears they're> a <throat> they're, yeah. they're big yeah, Yeah what yeah, they're yeah. definitely what they're known for, mm-hmm. for sure. There's no getting away from that.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I despise it. I mean, the, the, the fact that you can turn around and dis hot, hot heat when you, when you're backing up this, unbelievable.
0: I just think Hot Hot Heat are funny, aren't they? Hot Hot Heat are compared. I'm um, well.
1: I'm basing it on this song alone, but Hot Hot Heat are fucking Led Zeppelin compared to the Future Heads
0: <laughs> based on this uh, song alone. I, I, you wanna you wanna A, B fucking Hot Hot Heat? I I've never dis Hot Hot Heat. I think fu- I think it's funny bringing up Hot Hot Heat because. I mean, I mean, you were talking about doing them for a bloody classic album. You were going to put them next to the fucking White Album, weren't you? <laughs> That's why I was taking the piss out of them. I thought you were taking the piss out of Hot Heat because you were talking about them as if they were fucking <laughs> like I don't, Slayer or something. I don't think... Was I? I, I must have... I can't remember. I must have been drunk remember. if I was suggesting that because I, I like
1: Hot, Hot Heat, but not that much.
0: No, um, I'm not, I'm not going to go to bat for the future heads mm, too much. Mm. Um, but I do think they are an example of... I mean, I guess it goes to show how bad that period was that this is one that they're one of the better things to come out from it. But there I think they definitely are one of the better things to come out for it. Um, they're not as good as Maximo Park. They're certainly not as good as Block Party, who I still think are, you know, fifty million streets ahead of all of the competition from that time. But um, yeah, I've got no B for the future heads. Maybe oh, i
1: should... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> God. maybe i should sit down and listen to the album one day but i i despi- i despise oh. that cover i think it's absolutely awful i think it dumbs down everything that's good about it and turns as a, like a, i can't say it better than dumbs it down and turns it into a football chant i mean i'm not i'm not going to come up with a better reason as to why i dislike it but that's yeah. everything i hate about that kind of music so you know mm. oh, they, they, ju- they just kaiser chiefs it don't they
0: well, I don't think they do really. I mean, I, I think if the Kaiser Chiefs, or the Kaiser wouldn't cover it for a start. They wouldn't cover it. They'd cover one the wall. You know what mm, I mean? Mm. But if they did, I, I don't think they'd have it in them to think about like odd time signatures or you know making it speed up and slow down. I just don't think they would do that. I, mm. I just don't think they'd be capable of doing that. Anyway, let's move on. Um, blanket. Knife Party by Deftones is your next pick, Renfri. The opening song on Blanket's 2018 Transfiction EP and a cover of one of the many, many anthemic, beautiful, wonderful, genius pieces of music that come from Deftones' 2000 album White Pony. Not many bands have the balls to cover Deftones. In fact, I can't actually think of any off the top of my head who have tried anyone any any deftones covers of any notes that you can think of there must be a
1: few um i'm just going to check if anyone's uh i mean i mean this blanket version of knife party isn't even on um secondhand songs so no very few people do have the chutzpah to do that um blanket are like a post-rock band from uh blackpool um unsurprisingly i think blankets cover kind of makes it more shimmering and uh post-rock-esque um Mm. it changes it's straight ahead ish but kind of changes um a lot of the instrumentation of the song and stuff like that the verse takes quite a long time to build and then there's a more sudden kind of uh once you've had the first verse and the first chorus it kind of goes into a more suddenly like shoegazy type Uh, area with it i think um Mm -hmm. i think it's a really lovely cover but i don't know what you think
0: I think it's good. Mm. I think, like, fucking fair play to them for giving that a go. Yeah, yeah, quite. Exactly. And, I mean, I noticed on the same EP they also cover No Surprises by Radiohead. Yeah, yeah. So Which they is... are not scared to take yeah. on big songs.
1: That's good as well. It's not as good. I really, really like this Knife Party cover, but mm. but that, that the, their version of No Surprises is very good as well. Yeah, very, yeah. I mean, very ambitious band, Blanket. Very, very ambitious. Very
0: ambitious, yeah. I mean, this doesn't, like you say, deviate massively from the original, certainly in terms of pace and tone but it is more kind of modern sounding i think it sounds way more electronic i think it's very good um it's obviously not as good as the original like bless them for having a go it's not as good as the original because we don't get that big wailing female Mm. vocal certainly in the middle of it like yeah you know that's like you know cut and dried i think um, fair uh, cop gov you got me it's i not think quite as good but it is good it's I've, very good
1: i think when covers are different i mean we've and we have both said that this is a relatively straight cover but i do think they do enough different to to almost make me yeah i mean if you said to me you can only ever listen to one version of it for the rest of your life then i probably would say well please give me my deftones version but i i almost don't even compare them because they are I think blanket bring more than enough to it to justify its existence. Do you know what I mean? To Just justify this cover's existence. Um I mean I mean yeah. they they make it more post-rocky. I imagine it's all almo- it's almost as if I mean this isn't strictly true, but the way that the people see Deftones and they go, Oh, Chino's the more sort of ethereal post-rocky side and and Stephen Carpenter's the more sort of metal side. I think that's a gross oversimplification of what Deftones actually do in the um in the in the recording studio. But if 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 we assume that to be uh correct, it's almost as if Blanket have taken the Chino bits and made it Chino-y, you know. I imagine knowing chino's because chino fucking loves this post-rock fucking adores it i mean just listen to team sleep and palms you know um i imagine i don't know if he's heard this version but he probably fucking loves it because it sounds right up his alley um you know so it kind of yeah it kind of feels like the more what people associate the chino side of the band um but it's still it's still got a lot of um, heft to it you know it's not weak sounding or anything like that it's no, really well cinematic. i think the
0: kind of. The 2018 production of it makes it sound um, different. I'm not going to say better. I'm going to say different. Yeah, Just I think it's different. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, it I really like cover. it. I mean, will I ever go back to it? Probably not. But I was like, any. I think, again, I'm more impressed by this. Because if you can take on a Deftones song yeah. and not sound like a dickhead, yeah. then you're, do, you're doing something right. Exactly, so, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, i don't really have much more to say about it
1: yeah no i i i kind of wanted to bring it in because it's a example of a a, you know a very very small band covering a band that like you say you're surely you're on a hiding to nothing uh covering deftones aren't you and they put off really really well because their ambitions Mm. are there and and you know i think i'd I'd just like to give it more coverage it's a it's a it's a very good cover better than the original not better than the original i mean no probably not better than the original but it's kind of besides the point i think in a way anyway yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. um good good brave of them to cover sometimes it's brave and the right thing to do to cover a really really famous band uh sometimes it it almost feels like you're doing it just to be a cunt um (laughs) welcome to my (laughs) next welcome to my next cover um this is Sid Vicious, okay. Sid Vicious covering uh, My Way by Frank Sinatra is the next pick. A punk legend <coughs> covering Old Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra, and his 1969 hit that came to define him. um The Sinatra version is actually a cover itself of a song, or a reworking yes. of a song, I should say, of a French song from a couple of years before called Comme des Habiteux. Very nice French accent. I think, think that's how you say it. Uh, yeah. I think um, you're not far off.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Thanks. Um, Sid Vicious covered it after the breakup of the Sex Pistols. Um, most famously, the video that he accompanied it where Sid comes down the stairs playing at a big kind of opera house uh, in a tux and he shoots everyone. Obviously, the words have changed quite a lot. So stuff like that I don't like, like he killed a cat, but not in a gay way. Mm. Not for me. Uh released as a single from his first solo album, Sid Sings, which was a covers album. Um released, as I said, posthumously. Um can't actually find a chart placing for the single, but the album peaked at number 30. Um Renfrey <laughs> How anyone, how you or anyone else cannot tell me this is the worst cover that we are talking about today is beyond me. This is just totally and utterly reprehensible in so many ways
1: i do think it's fucking awful and i do i do i do i mean it's a weird one isn't it because there's, there's one argument from i think mainly idiots who i mean what what was sid vicious trying to prove here he probably just wasn't trying to prove anything i mean at the end of the day we're talking about i don't know we're talking about a very fucked up individual um, but yeah i don't really if frank sinatra like why are you rallying against frank sinatra what's wrong with the rat pack like you know if if i could hang out with the rat pack or the sex pistols i would choose the rat pack any fucking day of the week (laughs) do you know what i mean and um you know i know there's meant to be probably this kind of like cool kind of rebellious thing to this song but it just feels like a fucking dumb thing to do, doesn't it? And it's so famous. This It's so famous, this cover. And it's seen as such a kind of like, fuck you, punk rock moment. But um, I don't know. Is Frank Sinatra, should Frank Sinatra be the target for this kind of thing? I'm not sure if he really should be.
0: Well, this is the sound of music and a particular type of music as well. Jumping the shark. There's so mm. much wrong with this. I mean, for a start, I don't even think it needs to be said at how bad a song this is. It's a really, really bad, bad song. Mm. It's a bad version of a, a song, which is you know, it's great. To, Frank Sinatra do in my way is like you say, it's fucking excellent. Um, This basically sums up the death of punk rock as the media would love you to have it portrayed. Would love Mm. to believe that you had it portrayed, right? It is a talentless hack covering a song and ruining a song by someone far more talented than him, sneering at him and then dying almost immediately. Like, it is just, it's just shit. It's Mm. just, you've you've taken something which was a kind of, Interest, like no matter how much you want to you know what kind of where you think punk came from or what it was you know what it represented or what happened to it afterwards or when it stopped or what are the real ideals of punk are punk rock started in in you know with the stooges and then in new york and even again at the start with the sort of the early bands that came through in the uk as a, a kind of genuinely exciting, necessary movement that happened because people were sick of the status quo of music. And within fucking three years, two and a half, three years, it had turned into this absolute shower of just 99% of people in the world. It had turned into this absolute Im- Embarrassing shower of shit, where this fucking Skaghead, this talentless, worthless fucking Skaghead just mugs off, like I say, someone far more intelligent than him as a shitty, bawdy joke, right? <laughs> uh, f- with absolutely nothing artistically credible or interesting or vital or like no thought has gone into this, nothing it's just, it's pathetic, man. It's fucking pathetic. I really, 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 really hate everything about this. And it is, you know, when you say to people like, what type of music do you like? When people say, what type of music do you like? And you go, I like punk. And they look at you like you're a fucking knobhead it's because they're thinking of shit of like this. this
1: yeah i, I actually you've you raised a very 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 good point there it is really depressing that to many many people when you say punk this is one of the things they might think of which is really which is embarrassing it's borderline embarrassing isn't it yeah fair enough you have um i mean i absolutely hate this i almost kind of like think it's so terrible I, sub- I I mean yeah I guess this is but worse than Hounds of Love but I'm almost like it's so terrible it goes without saying <laughs> almost in a way but yet yet and yet there are people who who um who bat for Sid Vicious aren't there mm. I don't yeah. understand these people at all dude
0: there are people who wear fucking Charles Manson T-shirts well true yeah I true. mean do you know what I mean there are a lot of fucking weird damaged idiots around and Sid Vicious is not like do you know what I mean I'm not I'm not going to sit here and be like oh if you're a drug addict you're a piece of shit like I don't think that at all I do not think that I do not believe that's true right but the glorification of somebody like Sid Vicious who I mean I know only the other week I was going oh like who cares what musicians do and what they get up to and stuff what I'm saying is if something sounds good I am usually willing to forgive or if someone is talented and they're an artist i can absolutely go that that art that they created is fucking brilliant and whatever they did like i'm not saying it doesn't matter but whatever they did i am more interested in their I, i'm not interested in them as a fucking personality mm. i'm interested in their artistic output and like everything else you know can go to shit sid vicious's artistic output is terrible he's fucking useless he's rubbish and this kind of over this cult of personality and over glorification of someone who is so unbelievably worthless mm. Mm. as an artist it's just beyond me and for him to stand up and kind of take a song by an artist like frank sinatra who just because frank sinatra is not punk and he's part of the establishment yeah frank sinatra is uh, you know you are not a fucking speck of dust on on the bottom of Frank Sinatra's shoe, no. said Vicious. No. And I, I just think it's like, if, if that's punk, fucking keep it. It should have died. But it's not. And that's the thing. Is mm. This is not what punk... This does not define punk rock. No. no. It's got nothing to do with punk rock. Nothing.
1: I think the fact that, that many people would think that it does define punk rock though does kind of make it worse than than hounds of love so i'm going to concede to that that you're, you're, that is a fair enough point yeah. um i mean uh, the sex pistols admitted you know sid could barely play bass um in that respect uh you could um argue there's a sort of richie edwards type thing to it but the difference is richie Edwards that that brought a whole aesthetic uh a way of thinking uh ideas poet. lyrical ideas he was a poet you know richie edwards didn't have that richie edwards if we if you know manix and the people around him were to be believed had practically no musical talent whatsoever um but he brought so many other elements to manic street preachers which were vital in those first three albums particularly on the holy bible as we have discussed uh
0: sid vicious what did he bring to the Sex Pistols? It's just like that horrible fucking thug mentality. That yeah, is it? Yeah. Like, and don't get me wrong. Right, you know, I, for the record, I don't know how you feel about them, but musically, like, I love the Sex Pistols. Mm-hmm. I think Nevermind the Bollocks is is just a fucking wonderful record. I think it's fucking brilliant. I love it. Mm. But I don't have Sid Vicious has got nothing to do with that. Mm. Nothing. Mm. Glenn Matlock wrote those songs. Yeah. Steve Jones played the bass parts in the studio. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Fuck off Sid Vicious. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, he's just, and and for him to be like this fucking pinup, this poster child, he fucking murdered his girlfriend. Yeah. And then he OD'd and died. Like, he's a fucking, why, why, why are you doing that? Yeah. Why are you like eulogizing this person? I mean, fuck me. That If that's on Twitter and people are going, cancel Sid Vicious, yes, yeah, yeah, I, I can get, yeah, by, yeah, I can yeah, get yeah, behind yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not... <laughs> you know, if I, Sid Vicious put out half of David Bowie's discography, I might be sitting here saying something different, but he didn't. He's mm. fucking useless. I think this is,
1: this is partly our argument sometimes for people going a bit OTT with cancel culture because it's like, well, if if historically you look at it, there are far, 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 far worse... Uh, there are artists who did far 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 worse things you know and Mm. what what do you do do you go but i mean sid vicious is dead so it's all irrelevant but you know it's uh uh, it's 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 a crazy thing that people didn't i mean you know different times yada 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 but um yeah i mean the the fact that sid vicious is put on any kind of pedestal whatsoever is fucking insane
2: Mm.
0: yeah really really is um let's move on shit that was Sid Vicious. My way, one of the worst, one of the just the worst, most one of the most embarrassing things that alternative music has in its arsenal. I would say, um, hence why I picked it. Um, <laughs> Feeling good by Anthony Newley and Leslie Bricus is your next pick, Renfrey. The Muse version, uh, originally written by those two that I just said for the 1964 musical, the roar, the grease paint, the smell of the Cl- crowd it is best known for the Nina Simone version, which came out a year later from her, I put a spell on you album. Um, I think when we're talking about the original, whilst, whilst you're absolutely right
1: to point that out, we're talking about the Nina Simone version, aren't we? When, mm. when we compare it to the original, just, just, Definitely, just yeah. to, just that, to make that, that is super
0: well. clear. I mean, this song has been covered by John Coltrane, Eels, <laughs> yeah. Joe Bonamassa, George, uh, George Michael, Michael Bublé, Sammy Davis Jr. Just to name of, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but its best-known version, without any question, is the Nina Simone version. And I would say, probably at this point, the second best-known version would be Muse, mm. I reckon. So part, um, part of the reason I wanted to bring this in, um,
1: apart from the fact that I thought we both might have different opinions on it, and that often makes for an interesting discussion, um, I put it to you that, much like Jeff Buckley's cover of Hallelujah... I think this has become the definitive version of feeling good for a certain generation of fans.
0: Do you yeah, think that's I true? Disagree. I can disagree with that. Yeah. Well, mate, just to kind of finish up on the preamble. Sorry, what yeah, I Was, was that, um, So obviously it came out as a single from Origin Symmetry in 2001. Yep. It reached number 24 in the UK singles chart. It sold, I don't know if you know this, Renfrey, it sold 400,000 physical copies. The, the single? Did. the single wow we should
1: mention it was a double a side with hyper music but yeah that's but but it probably sold that many because of this cover realistic didn't it you know yeah. i mean hyper music it's a great song but it's not yeah mm. wow mm.
0: didn't know um, that. that's crazy can you imagine a world in which four hundred thousand physical copies of a single one band and, and only reached number 24 in the charts it's 2001 baby
1: i mean two, we are literally <laughs> we are literally talking about the year cd sales peaked so in, in, yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm i am surprised by that and not surprised by it at the same time uh just mm. just because i lived through that period and, and i know how lucrative it was i was working at virgin megastore when this uh came out yeah. um so yeah yeah that is crazy though i mean we've covered pinkerton for example in uh in uh classic albums and you know that that <laughs> sold way less than 400 000 copies certainly on its initial run so um i should also point out that in a poll by total guitar about the best cover songs muse's version of this song came fifth uh in september 2010 enemy readers voted it the greatest cover of all time over twist Jesus and shout right over twist and shout by the beatles and hurt by johnny cash uh a bbc poll in 2014 placed it the ninth best cover of all time. Um, I would like to know what you think of this cover. You are you don't like Muse anywhere near as much as me. I'm, you might even say you don't like Muse. Don't I like do. Muse. Don't I would like say Muse. I don't like Muse. Okay, fair enough. I would, yeah.
0: And how do you feel uh, about this cover, though? I mean, it's not so bad, this. It's not so bad. <laughs> it's not so bad. I actually remember hearing it and being like, you know, at the time, particularly, I was like, "Fucking that band, Muse. <laughs> Who are they? The, the Spy? Oh, no, not for me. Um, I really don't like Muse uh, at all, really. I think the one that came out, Absolution, that came after this, I think that's a good album. Yeah, that's really a great good album. album. It's great a very, album. very, very good yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the main, I don't like Muse, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I remember them releasing this. And I remember hearing it. And I remember thinking straight away, like, this feels like a really good fit for them. But at the same time, fucking hell, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't do it. It's a bit cheesy and it's a bit silly. Um, I can understand a non-Muse fan thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get that. But I actually think it's, it's it's aged pretty well and it has, you know, like you said, it probably is at this point. I mean, at the, at, the, at least the, the second most famous version of this song. Um, so fuck, yeah, fair,
1: fair fair fucks to him. I, I I looked it up. I was curious to to know if this had more plays than the Nina Simone version, and it doesn't. But I wouldn't have been surprised if it had. Um, there there is there is quite a big difference, mate. If
0: if fucking Island in the Sun is the biggest Weezer song, then all bets are off.
1: Well, exactly, exactly. That's what I mean. But the reason why I thought it might have done is because obviously spotify is only going from like latter day you know spotify only started what 2009 something like that so Mm. it wouldn't have surprised me at all if this version had been bigger now as it turns out it isn't and you know fair play the nina simone version is fucking amazing um but you know there's something i mean I, i i think yes absolutely everything you just said it is really well suited to muse um it's got it's sort of it's not as loose as nina simone's version um it's a bit more sort of straight laced and straight ahead a bit more straight down the line but it does work really really well um that that way of doing it and i mean what a song i mean take just taking the original song just just the bare bones of the song whatever version you want to take i mean i would go as far as to say that this might be one of the best songs of the 20th century just just this song i just it's such a good song it's yeah, such it really a good is. song. And Muse's version is really, really good. And and if people kind of put it up there as the kind of Jeff Buckley's version of, I mean, I don't know if you prefer Jeff Buckley's version of Hallelujah to Leonard Cohen's, for example. I, I, do. Cer- yeah, I certainly I do. Do. Um, do I prefer this to the Nina Simone original? Uh, I
0: Come on, God. man.
1: Come on. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Come on. Okay. Look, I certainly will. I mean, it, getting the voted the best cover of all time by enemy no come on and 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 i mean even fifth in total guitars but do i do it yeah i might do i might prefer it I, it's really? really fucking close man it's re- I, and it's just the fact that it's even that i'm even entertaining the idea because that nina simone original is wonderful i mean they're both really different i really love both I really love both versions, but I do really like this Muse version. It's
0: funny you say they're really different because I don't think, I mean, they, 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 they sound different, obviously. Mm. They do sound different, but Muse haven't really done anything with it apart from make it heavier.
1: Well, no, sure. But it, I, I think what makes it different is that the fact that the Nina Simone version feels really loose. It feels mm. like there isn't a solid tempo to it um whereas the muse version has a very solid regimented regimented might be a better word has a very regimented tempo it's very obvious what the tempo mm-hmm. is when if you were tabbing it out or if you were um, writing out the sheet music it's very easy to do that whereas the nina simone version feels like it goes on feel a lot more than it does on say written out music
0: um
1: yeah. and that's the main difference and i think nine times out of ten i would prefer a looser version because that's just that tends to be where my tastes go i just think for this song making it more more straight ahead just kind of accentuates all the brilliance of the song even more i mean it was one of those hearing this version made me appreciate the original even more and i think that's always an amazing sign of a great yeah cover.
0: It, yeah that, that's that's true i remember it at the time and i remember do, i do remember thinking yeah in 2001 i just liked anything that was if you got a song and you made it heavier, great. That's <laughs> that, that's what I like. So I do I was like, yeah, you know, it's a good song this and they've made it heavier, so fair play to them. Mm-hmm. Um listen to it today, I didn't listen back to the Nina Simone version I probably should have done really, which I do like a lot actually. But um so I find it very very difficult to believe that I would pick the Muse version over the Nina Simone version really but i do think it's quite good and at this point it's kind of an omnipresent version of that song isn't yeah, it it's yeah it's really kind of slotted its way in very much like the jeff buckley hallelujah i think although does anyone really listen to the leonard cohen hallelujah not really probably more likely to listen to the alexandra burke one aren't they um <laughs> these days
1: sadly yes i think you're right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh which yeah. is
0: horrible to think about hmm. but um no, it is good. It is good. This as someone I, who as someone who really doesn't like me. It's not just I don't like Muse's music. I don't like <laughs> the people in Muse. <laughs> I don't feel like I don't like. Wow, well, I say I, I don't know the other two. The two ones, the faceless ones who don't do anything. I don't Chris, like yeah. Matt. I don't like Matt Bellamy. Right. I, I find Matt Bellamy an intensely sort of m- cloying individual. Okay, um, so you know, uh, getting over him go. <laughs> like all the way through, this is you know, and not being like fucking little weasel, yeah, um, yeah. says is, a lot is something. I least... know, I know
1: full well that there are people who will be absolutely furious with me for even suggesting that this is better than the original. But you know, I can't, I can't deny my feelings for this song. It's a bit of a weird way to put it, but you know what I mean. I, I, I. <laughs> i don't want to marry it or anything but I, I do really like it i really really like this version i think it's fucking great so you know i'm I'm glad mm. you like it i thought i thought you might rubbish it just because of your hatred of Muse, but i'm i'm very very pleased that you're admitting that it is it is a fantastic version of the song it, despite yeah, yeah, despite yeah. your hatred of the band um but yeah yeah
0: yeah that's all right um <laughs> it's pretty good no it's pretty good it's good, good. It's, it's good pretty good yeah it's, it's pretty good yeah fair enough um all right let's move on this is my last pick renfrey yeah. and i've saved the best till last uh <laughs> Susie and the banshees dear prudence by the beatles originally taken from the 1968 beatles album the white album mm-hmm. um a song about the actress mia farrow's sister prudence farrow um whilst they were out doing their meditating with the yogi maharishi in india um mm-hmm. during that whole period of stuff apparently um prudence farrow the sister of mia farrow the actress mm-hmm. i've just said mm-hmm. um she got so deeply into a medica- into a meditation um that she would refuse to come out because she was in almost a, a trance that she couldn't get out of um so John Lennon and Paul McCartney wrote a song about trying to coax her out of this sort of spiritual haze that she was in, um, and that's what this song is. Now we won't talk too much about the White Album here; that's for another time. Yeah. But um, Susie the Banshees had already recovered a pretty uh, recovered recorded a pretty ho hum cover of "Helter Skelter." Uh, by the Beatles, also from the White Album, in 1978. Um, By 1983, they decided to cover this song on their sixth album, Hyena. It is the only Susie and the Banshee's album um, that features writing credits from the short-lived period where the band had Robert Smith from The Cure Mm. in the band. So Robert Smith joined for this album because the guitarist uh, from the, the band was so stressed out by being in this band that he had to leave to men- due to mental exhaustion, Robert Smith joined, helped do this album and then left for similar reasons. So it seems like being in Susie and the Banshees is a bit of a fucking rough old deal, rimfree Apparently so. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Mm. Um, this is their biggest hit. It hit number three in the UK singles chart. It's the biggest hit that the band they ever had. Um, again, covering the Beatles... A lot of people have done it. A lot of people have done it. I'm sure they're the most covered band ever. Yes. Uh, say, uh, isn't it? Do you want to hear a couple of people who've covered this
1: song? Just very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jerry Garcia band. Alanis Morissette. quite like to hear that. Uh, Fish. Mm-hmm. And One Hit Wonders with Breakfast at Tiffany's Deep Blue Something. Yeah, we'll cover Deep this Blue song.
0: Something also covered... Oh, my shit. What did they cover? <laughs> Deep Blue Something covered... I've been doing these things for Metal Hammer, like these covers yes. albums where yeah, you yeah. take an, a very famous album and you take the covers from it. And Deep Blue Something covered. Fuck. I can't remember what. It was a massive. I think it was something from Rain in Blood. What? <laughs> yeah. Deep. Look, go on that secondhand songs and look at the stuff that Deep Blue Something have covered. And they've definitely covered something which you just go, oh, I really want to hear. Their version of that, but I cannot off the top of my head now. Uh, l-
1: oh, Dio,
0: Rainbow in the Dark, fucking hell! Yes, that's it, Rainbow in the Dark by Dio. They covered, not quite Slayer, but fucking hell. <laughs> what, are you, what are they doing that for? I can't even imagine.
1: uh fe- Feelings rainbow. on uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's.
0: uh just a horrendous song.
1: I fucking loved it back in the day. I mean, I've not heard it
0: for a long time. Literally, I yeah. hated it. I. I Those few extra years I have on you, Renfrew. Yeah, exactly. I hated it. I bet my girlfriend fucking loves it. Darling, do you like Breakfast at Tiffany's? Deep Blue? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you like that song? No? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's a great song.
0: You know this is going on the show. You singing that song is going to go on the show. You know that, don't you, darling? Still recording lovely stuff stitch yourself up (laughs) (laughs) something rotten there but yeah yeah. well i think i was i
1: think i was 11 when that song came out and you were 16 so i think yeah i think you can forgive me for that
0: but um i mean i was fucking furious by that song. i I just wanted to reach into the teeth through into the top of the pop studio and strangle that fucking idiot yeah not not the one mate deeply something breakfast tiffany's is not your mate it's bad i feel like we should do we
1: haven't done a poll for for a long time but (laughs) <laughs> hold on, hold on.
0: You are? too happy for you. Too happy for me. It yeah. is too happy. Yeah, that's for you. that's what's wrong with it. It's too <laughs> happy for me. <laughs> Fucking pile I do shit. feel
1: like we should do a poll though and find out uh what the listeners think about deeply something hit or miss. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs>
0: You're all getting blocked. Anyone who's <laughs> fucking voting pro-deeply something, breakfast Tiffany, you are fucking blocked and reported. Um, anyway, anyway, let's anyway. not talk about fucking Breakfast at Tiffany's, for Christ's sake. Um, when I talked about one of my favourite covers ever. Uh, yes, and so a few people have covered this song, but the Beatles in general get covered a oh, lot. Oh, God,
1: yeah. It goes without saying, really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get yeah, covered a lot. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So I kind of would go, oh, isn't it brave to try and cut? But fucking everybody does it. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of um it's kind of not (laughs) kind of is but it's kind of not kind of not that brave i think what's good about this cover is that i rarely hear the really interesting period of the beatles discography getting covered and getting covered well
1: that's true yeah that's absolutely true yeah Mm. uh very good shout um I well I can well you've sort of already given away how you feel about this song. I think this is a um I think it's a fantastic cover. I like it very very much. Mm-hmm. Um I weirdly um probably before we started doing this show, I mean just I think through osmosis and through you introducing me to a few bits and pieces from that era as well if you recall two years ago when we started doing this show i was very kind of like i don't like the 80s at all Mm. um new wave was just not a thing that i ever listened to really i struggled with the cure even the cure a band i listen to all the time now um but if you go back to the beginning the early days of riot Act, i i would have so I, I i would never have said anything bad against the cure but i just just due to production and production alone i would have struggled with the cure so obviously i was aware of this song because it's such a massive Susie, massive massive song um again you say it's their biggest hit which i which it is but only their fifth most popular song on spotify which again i thought was mm. a massive surprise but there you go um and i have to say certainly if we had recorded this two years ago i'd have been like yeah it's all right but it's a bit 80s um i'm happy to say that i appreciate the the genius of this cover so much more now than i would have done two years ago and i do think it's absolutely wonderful the um what I imagine I will disagree with you on. I think you're going to say this is better than the original, and I can't quite go that far. And and many many people agree with you. Many people agree with you, so it's fair enough. But do you think this is better than the original?
0: I do. Yeah, nah, I do. I yeah. think this might just be the. Not only do I think it's one of the best beat. I mean, it might be the best cover of a Beatles song ever. But I think what I mean, I love the fact that it's one of the only times where I listen to a cover of a Beatles song and I go, you've got a better grasp of melody (laughs) than John Lennon and Paul McCartney. (laughs) Because I think you Mm. listen to the original and it's slightly, you know, rhythmically it's quite different. Mm. Um, Mm. And it's got a bit of a, you know, it's got a very, it's got quite a, the hook is slightly different. The hook and the kind of vocal melody. Very slightly. It, it, it traverses in a slightly different way. And I think just that kind of slowing it down and putting it on that kind of, it almost sounds like a carousel, this version of Susie and the Banshee's version. It mm. kind of spins, slowly kind of rotates, whereas the Beatles version is more like a roller coaster, like a, you know, a kid's roller coaster, but a roller coaster nonetheless. Um, maybe like one of them caterpillars that you put your toddlers on that only goes up a little bit and goes around. But I think the Susie Banshees version um, is catchier and is easier to... It's got even more of that nursery rhyme-like quality to it. And I think it shimmers as well. Do you know what I mean? It's got such a great guitar part on it, such a great kind of 80s post-punk or new wave shimmering pop guitar part on it i i really do like dear prudence like the original i really like i like there's a lot to like on the white album um i probably like a good 90 percent of it i like some stuff that i probably shouldn't even like <laughs> on the white album yes most people wouldn't admit to liking we'll go but, into that um, and
1: we'll go into that another day but i actually agree definitely with you will. yeah i agree yeah with yeah, you. yeah yeah, yeah um surprisingly um solid album especially for a double album yeah
0: for a double album full of some fucking weird shit well weird shit mm. um but i really think that this is a fucking slam dunk of a cover and for them to take it in a you know <laughs> when you think of like mm. bands covering the beatles and what they would usually do with it mm. is either take one of their more obvious songs and make it uh really fucking weird Mm -hmm. um i think the breeders covered happiness is a warm gun yes that's a kind of an odd song in itself anyway yes but the breeders did a really weird cover of it Mm. um the Mm. melvin's cover of i want to hold your hand is really fucking weird Mm. and they just turn it into some sort of slide guitar nightmare pixie's Um, wild honey pie I think yeah, that's quite I a good example. That's another good example. That is a good example. Actually, yeah. Um or you get really really mainstream artists who just do it absolutely straight down straight the line. Down, yeah. You don't often get an artist take one of their weirder, more interesting drug-fueled <laughs> moments mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and try and turn it into more of a cohesive pop song. Yeah. And I, and I think Susie and the Banshees do that. I, I think it's a fucking masterclass. It's very, very rare. I can't think of another example of anyone who's ever done this.
1: I can't argue with anything you're saying. I think you're arguing your points extraordinarily well. I I, I just I don't know if I'm ever going to prefer the Susie and the Banshees original. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, cover to the original. I guess just because I really, really do like the original. Um, but I do think it is a brilliant brilliant cover of a um you know of a of a very well known song and um one that yeah absolutely Susie and the Banshees it up to the point where to a lot of people, the Susie and the Banshees version is the definitive version um it is fantastic i don't know what uh, considering that it's taking a lot of elements of stuff that for years and years and years for decades of my life i've gone i don't like that kind of sound and i have to sit here and and concede yeah it is really fucking good like the way the way that they do it it is brilliant and i wouldn't have a i don't have an issue at all with anyone saying this is better than the, the original i prefer the original but i understand totally your arguments and um agree with pretty much all of them so fair enough
0: the original is great as well isn't it oh the original's the original's wonderful, wonderful.
1: Yeah, I, I i so I, good there's something i like the kind of drug haze hippie um mm. acid vibe of the original and i respond to that personally more than i resp- respond to the new wave 80s vibe of the Susie and the Banshee mm-hmm. original, which is why I prefer the original. But I think I think it is genius what Susie and the Banshees did with it. I think it so is basically genius.
0: um what Renfrey's basically saying there is when you talk about drug haze, he's saying that Renfrey likes acid. I'm um, more into cocaine, I think is what was basically <laughs> I think broadly, I think I would have I would say yeah, that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh not that I've ever had either of those things. Um, oh, oh neither have I. Ooh yeah but I actually haven't <laughs> so um fine <laughs> I, I actually haven't uh Susie the Banshees dear prudence might be my that might be my favorite cover full time wow I love it I absolutely fucking love it uh let's do your last one which was the one that you added in at the last moment today yeah. um <laughs> just for a little bit of Behind the scenes gossip. (laughs) Um, he only picked seven, the fucking like uh, an idiot. It's been sitting seven, am I had eight, you've had seven sat there for two years, and only today did it get rectified. The world is a beautiful place.
1: Do you know the genius of this though?
0: Um, yeah,
1: this is the world, the world is a beautiful place, and I am no longer afraid to die's cover of In Circles by sunnydale Real Estate. But the first song on the album that In Circles is taken from is called Seven. Mind Blown what's that got to
0: do with well because I, I
1: i only chose seven covers right and this is the eight
0: yeah it's not the best mate
1: I, <laughs> no, it's fucking I was Dan trying brown i was trying to <laughs> i was trying to do a tool and failed miserably i wasn't really i the, literally came the, up with that on the spot but there you go
0: the de remphrey code by Dan brown. <laughs> um Surely, the right, de- yeah, surely you... the Deadman Code. <laughs> yeah, that would work. Um, so, as you rightly say, the the second song on the 1994 masterpiece, yes. that is "Diary" by Sunny Day Real Estate. What a fucking great song! Um, covered by T W I A B P A I A N L A T D. I think that's right. Shall we call them? Short, shall we just call them, them
1: "The World Is a Beautiful Place"? Yeah, <laughs> or
0: Twiab Lad. T- duh um yeah good uh, we the, that the little, right? yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it was released this year as a single i think that's a good thing about it it's actually was released as a single this year standalone, stand-alone single, single. yeah yep, standalone yep. single um what made you pick this one renfrey other than the fact that it was new uh i needed a
1: new choice and um, uh <laughs> <laughs> we um when we were speaking on the phone uh uh, i remember i remembered that um there is a song that i heard covered this year which i absolutely fucking love and i couldn't recall what it was and you gave me five minutes and i found it and i i mean i adore the original version of this song um and i've lived with the original version of this song i certainly didn't pick up diary when it initially came out but i probably picked up diary i don't know four or five years after it came out probably probably this song's been in my life since 98 99 something mm. like that i love it i talk about sunnydale real estate a fair amount they are definitely one of those cult acts that i wang on about a lot um diary is considered by you most love them, i fucking adore them i think every single record they did they only did four records but i think all four of them are brilliant in their own individual way diary is considered the classic um sunnydale real estate record um, I think it might be my third favourite Sunny Day real
0: estate record. Oh, I was about to say, I hate to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. Although actually after doing, um, we did... Um, how It Feels To Be Something on. How It Feels To Be so, yeah, on trade-off. yeah, And that has massively made me reappraise all of Sunny Day real estate. I do think diary is fucking just so great though. don't
1: get me so wrong great. don't get me wrong i think diary is wonderful and i totally understand why it's the classic i just i just you know it's one of those times where you adore a band so much i kind of see sunny Son- day real estate for me are a bit like your life of agony you know it's a band that you absolutely adore um and your favourite album by them isn't the quote-unquote classic. It's uh, Soul Searching Sun. I mean, for the record, I agree with yeah. you in that case. Um, but uh, yeah, How It Feels To Be Something On is my number one for Sony De Real Estate. But basically, they never released a bad record. They're all fucking great. Um, Good band. A wonderful band. Wonderful band. And uh, I mean, the idea of The World Is A Beautiful Place covering this definitely appealed to me. Um, they have that massive... Syn- I mean, they have like what seven eight members in the band something ridiculous like that i think it's a bit of a revolving lineup but you know they have a lot of musicians and the idea of them doing a really big expansive cinematic cover of it really really appealed to me and really that's all this is it is just a bigger sounding version of the original it is relatively straight ahead. They do extend a few sections of the song
0: and it is longer. Yeah, I was going to say, it's certainly, it's longer. It feels a bit more somber to me, I think as well. Oh, I, I think it was a little bit more somber, but then that addition of the female vocals exactly um, mm-hmm. sounds glorious. So it kind of soars in certain places. I mean, don't get me wrong. I heard this for the first time today. So to turn around and go, it's better than the Sunny Day real estate version. Uh, I'm, you I'm not willing to say that at this point, but what I will say is, I think this is a fucking fan. This is a great cover. It's brilliant, isn't it? This is a great cover of not uh, of a, of, a, of a great song by a fucking iconic band, mm. and you haven't really done anything too wacky with it. Yep, it's relatively straight ahead. Yeah, it's fairly straight ahead, but it's still again to go right back to the very start. Sounds like the original. Sounds like the original song also sounds like the band who are covering it as well. And that's that's a tough thing to to get right, I think.
1: I've lived with it. I mean, I listened to it the day it came out. I've lived with it for the last few months. I think it probably is better than the original, which is why I wanted to throw it in here, because really? I can't, I cannot, I mean, I, I've tried to make it clear how much I adore Sonny Doe Real Estate <laughs> already. And, and In Circles is one of their best songs. It's one of the times where... You know, their most famous song is up there as one of their best songs. And the world is a beautiful place to come along and, and made an even better version of it. By not fucking around with it too much, there's, yes, those additional female vocals are massive. It sounds so much bigger. There's some amazing violins and strings in it, which really add to it. And they've extended, before the final chorus, there's a much extended, more <laughs> dynamic and post-rock kind of middle-eighty bit. Um, But just in terms of taking I mean if you're if you're going to do a relatively straight ahead cover of a song this is the way you do it you take all the elements that make the original brilliant and you fatten them up that's that's the way you do it I think. Mm. um and 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 the key thing here is you know you could go well smooth criminal sort of did that uh no smooth (laughs) uh uh, alien ant farm smooth criminal took the riff and just fattens the riff up this takes so many different elements of what makes the original brilliant and just makes all of them just that little bit better gives it obviously a better production job modern production job um you know so it's got ooh 26 years on the original but i just I just, it's just, yeah, it's just a brilliant, brilliant cover, isn't it? Uh, and I thought it was yeah, worthy good. of inclusion for that and that alone.
0: Um, so, yeah.
1: Uh, listen
0: to it? <laughs> I don't mm, have... I, I would don't absolutely have... say... No, no, I don't have a lot mm. to say on it. I would say definitely listen to it as well. Yeah, it is really good. I mean, I, think if you don't know... I listen to... I, I I, actually ABAB'd them. Mm. So I listened mm. to this and then the Sunday Day Real Estate version and then I went away and then I listened to Sunday Day Real Estate version and then this and i was impressed with how quickly i found myself going this is really really fucking good Mm -hmm. um i would recommend if you if you don't
1: know the original i would actually recommend listening to the original first and then listening to this version to see what see what they've done with it um because it is one of those ones where you go oh god like like arguably a lot of it's quite subtle but but yeah as i say if you're doing a straight ahead cover i think this is the way to do it you know um it's it's uh yeah i i i absolutely love it and i never thought that a song that i adore as much as in circles i never ever thought that a band doing a straight ahead version i would imp- i would prefer to the original and i think that this was worth throwing in there for that reason alone it's pretty stunning
0: yeah very good very good so a mixed bag mm. overall mm. of covers but i think at the start i said you know we hope to understand the cover version a little bit better by the end of this and i think that we probably do and let us know if you've enjoyed this it's actually as i said you know is, is part of our second anniversary birthday celebration week uh, we might do more of these we might do them on um patreon.com forward slash right act podcast if you want to mm-hmm. go over there because a little thank you give us a little birthday present <laughs> like your nan putting a fiver in a card <laughs> <Remember that? laughs> um remember but yes that, yeah. We um we uh we might do one of these again in the future. We might start introducing them uh, in some sort of format again because there are still many 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 more covers to talk about and to dissect in the way that we have today. But you have to let us know. Mm. Let if us know you,
1: if you've enjoyed this. We could do dozens of these, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. If if we really wanted to. So yeah, if you like it, let us know.
0: Dozens and dozens and dozens. So forty eight. <laughs> we can do dozens and dozens and dozens and a baker's dozen so 49 (laughs) see you later (laughs) that's it see you later cheers